0: i
1: Hello oh, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about she and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, unless I did it last week, in which case my name is Patch, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It yeah? it's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe?
2: Doing pretty good. I was about to say that. Oh, we could figure that out if we looked at the website with the uploads. And then I'm like, wait, nope. We did not release the one from last week yet, because that one will like this one's not going up till the Monday after my surgery. Yeah. So we can't just look at the at the site to see.
1: <laughs> I'm we really could backtrace it and figure out the math, but I didn't really feel like it in the moment. So today I'm using both names.
2: Yeah, doesn't matter. And you can, anyone can use any number of names they want.
1: Yes, indeed.
2: <laughs> yeah no it's uh i mean it's mostly just like waiting till next friday in my case isn't it <laughs> for the surgery it's like not much uh going on at the moment really like had had the pleasant surprise of like my supervisor telling me like hey if you if you want to keep the job past your surgery i can guarantee you 30 hours when you get back at a, at a minimum each week and it's like okay that fixes a lot of the problems it's it's still not nearly as much money as I thought based on you know me thinking it was gonna be full time, mm-hmm. but it's like it. I did the math. It should be enough as and like and even like have like about like 150 saved up each month at least. Oh, that's which nice. is more like which is more than like I could say since I started that job of being in the hole. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I think I will let my supervisor know next week that yeah okay I will come back on the 12th. September after my three weeks of recovery period but during like the latter two weeks I'll still look around for a new job see if I can maybe find something because it's like yeah, you know, ultimately I still need to find something that is full time but like this at least will be easier to pad out until then I think Yeah. because yeah. it's not a bad job or anything it's pretty easy it's just that it can be a bit crazy especially on Mondays with uh how we can sometimes get around 180 pieces of mail and there's only one person there to count it all open it all get it all paper clipped and stuff get it all scanned and everything which is me (laughs) so yeah but it's i mean it's it's definitely a bit sad to say that this is, I think, the first job that I've ever had where it seems like the coworkers and the supervisor actually give a shit and like me. And, or I, you know, because, like, I mean, when she was talking to me a few days ago, she was like, yeah, I, I, I really, like, I really would miss you if you do leave. And it's like, oh, <laughs> a person that my job actually gives a shit about me as a person rather than, just being a cog in the machine. Hooray! <laughs> oh,
1: unusual. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, again, not not the greatest thing to have to acknowledge that because it's like, wow, all oh my other jobs have been absolute dog shit then. <laughs> None of my other... If, like, every time I was like, yeah, no, here's a problem going on, I might be leaving the job, everybody's just been, like, fuck it, whatever, get out of here then. <laughs> yeah. It's like, cool, great. <laughs> nah. I mean, the fact that, like... Most of the people there also know that I'm, like, you know, a trans person and are, like, totally okay Mm -hmm. with it and don't have any problem or anything with that also helps because it's like, I mean, you heard, you saw, like, a lot of the stuff I was talking about with my previous job in North Carolina with my co-worker who never tried pronouns at all and who chose to designate (laughs) me to my face one day when he was annoyed at me and it's like, cool, that's, that's very targeted hatred. Thanks, bud.
1: (laughs) Yeah that was i mean of course i never went there but from the way you talked about it i'm just glad you're out of there
2: (laughs) yeah i mean hey to what it's worth like the other people that were there at least like the people actually like in the off like not in the office but like on site all the time like you know the people i saw like every day for like those like two years of the pandemic and all like they were, they were sad to see me go, and I was like, huh oh, I'm actually gonna miss these people a bit, not my co-workers. <laughs> those, people, those people suck, but like, the other people here at this uh, MetLife building, oh And I mean also, getting paid to be on rotation for two weeks at a time, and not, like, never had to be called in during those two weeks I was out of the office. So I was basically just getting, like, the last two, those two years, I got paid a whole year of it without actually doing work, basically, in a sense. <laughs> the pandemic and like you know them giving us free breakfast and lunch every day for those two years definitely miss that because it's like oh right <laughs> i have to like buy my own lunch now. oh no <laughs> yeah yeah actually, like it, it was so funny when before the move when my friends were like wow chloe you're gonna have to like be at a job every week, work week now and not be out for two weeks at a time and get paid for that and also bring your own lunch and i'm like yeah fucking rub it in <laughs> thanks <laughs> yeah
1: in my last job uh i so this was my, my pool cleaner gig and since i was on the road all day every day i couldn't really bring my lunch at all because i had no way to reheat it so it was cold sandwiches or nothing if i was uh, bringing my lunch
2: yeah so like basically ever since i was like a kid and like you know i think like junior high probably i was always really just bringing like uh like sandwiches like basically i would just have like guts mm-hmm. like that we get from the grocery store and i would just have sandwiches throughout the week like maybe bring like a snack and stuff that's kind of just what i do nowadays like i'll basically just put the sandwich together in the morning and then like grab a bag of chips or something
1: right and i totally see why you would do that but uh what i did was eat taco bell five days a week because i could have lunch for less than five dollars and it was cheaper than buying stuff
2: yes I remember, like, earlier in the week, you mentioned eating Taco Bell five times a week because I was like, yeah, no, I'm just weak baby. I can't eat Taco Bell (laughs) because it does stuff to me. I didn't realize that was the context.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it absolutely was. It was because I didn't feel that I could bring my lunch on a truck, partly because of the the non-reheating issue and partly because I didn't super trust cold cuts to sit in my truck all day in Texas heat.
2: (laughs) Fair, yeah. Fair is that. Like... I mean, because like with my current situation, I, I, I still don't know what the hell ever happened to my uh, little nice uh, lunch box that I had from North Carolina, it's somewhere, <laughs> I don't, I remember seeing it when I unpacked it, I just don't remember where the fuck I put it, even though I looked everywhere, It might. It, maybe it's in the basement, it might be in the basement storage now that I think about it, but like, I've mostly just been using a cooler U that I've had for a while that hasn't really gotten much use, and I just use that yeah. to like bring my lunch in with uh, an ice pack in it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense yeah so it's like i uh, i miss it sometimes because mm-hmm. the whole reason i got onto this story in the first place was just trying to empathize with the loss of a lunch thing because now that i have to actually provide food for myself it's like <laughs> oh no
2: yeah <laughs> uh, so it's a lot harder when uh, you can just be like oh i know like based on the lunch menu and the breakfast menu that you posted that t- t- uh, this morning's gonna be like you know full like breakfast of like uh like what's called like tater tots and like scrambled eggs and like sausage and stuff and it's like okay i can sleep in if i don't want to get up as early as i should <laughs> then, like actually have breakfast before i leave i can just wait till then fair even though even though like in in that case it would be like wait i'm kind of technically throwing off my uh spiro schedule because i like back then i was taking it twice a day in the morning and evening, like, like, and had have to take with food, so it's like, oh, I gotta remember to take one with me. Huh.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, these, these days I only take Sphero once a day, basically just because, like, ever since I switched to injections, it's like, well, most part, like, a lot of people don't even use Sphero because the injections are usually potent enough that you don't actually need a T-blocker, mm-hmm. just because, you know, a lot of people just use them for myelotherapy. But I actually haven't been able to actually take my injections until like maybe like a couple weeks after the surgery because she said yeah don't do that for like the two weeks before the surgery and like the two weeks after so I it's been what like a week and a half since I last did injection I'm still feeling okay I guess actually I guess it's close to two weeks now, now that I think about it.
1: Well, I'm glad to hear I, that I, at I, least. I, it's.
2: Yeah I, I can still I can still take the Sphero, it's just I can't take the injection nor the progesterone actually can't do either of those it's mostly just because i think like it's just one of those things where that combined with like the surgery might result in like uh blood clots which is another reason why she said like yeah when you get home like don't really lay down unless you're going to like actually to bed like to stay up and like be in a sitting position because you gotta just make sure again to not let blood clots start yeah that's uh
0: i
1: hope that goes okay for you i know um I mean, I don't use friggin' injections at all. I'm on pills, but mm-hmm. if I stop taking them for more than a week or so, I can feel the boy brain coming back. It's so weird.
2: Yeah, I haven't had that yet, but I think it's because, like, when we last did a hormone level check, I was at, like, over 600 estrogen dose, like, measurement, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> so I think it's just, it's it's still, like, high enough, and it's gonna, you know, it's not obviously just gonna go away immediately or anything. Yeah. So I think it's just I think it's like, like enough that it's like okay, it's it's I'm not feeling it yet, <laughs> which is good.
1: Well, I hope that goes okay. I mean, uh, I I know big surgery coming up. It's uh it's a lot, but there's plenty of stuff to deal with in advance that most people don't even think about, including me. So thank you for this preparation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's fun. It, I mean, it, again, it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, even though I've, like, talked about this to my roommates, I'm like, Mom, who's gonna be here for that week, it's like, yeah, the more I say it, the more it helps keep it in my mind of, like, stuff I gotta do in preparation for this stuff. Like, I mean, today I was like, well, I should actually at least, like, get, like, something of, a, like, a zip-up uh, in the front, like, sports bra for after the follow-up a week after the surgery because I don't think I want to get into the nasty uh, surgical bra that I'll have to wear around the clock for a whole week (laughs) uh, before then. But then, like, I got home, and I was like, I should actually try these on to make sure that they fit, and not not even the medium fit, (laughs) even though the medium says it's rated for, like, up to, like, 34C, which is, like, one of the possibilities of what I might end up at. So, like, I don't fucking know. Browse with them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, why, Why did... Why... Why is that, like, one of those things where it's, like, just like how with on cars we haven't bothered to, like, design windshields that actually can better repel the sun? How come we still have that with fucking bras where every fucking company is just the fucking Wild West out there <laughs> and nobody has any standards of, like, what the fuck a 34C might be with one size bra compared to another?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's... That is the first thing you're gonna learn about women's clothing: is that nothing is consistent ever. It's
2: no, not at all.
1: I really it's, hate um, it, but uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you gotta do what you gotta do.
2: The problem might be that I am still going based on like the. Uh, you've heard of Pepper, right? I think I mentioned Pepper Bras before, in our general chat. It's basically like a site that use that makes like draws for like people with smaller boobs and like i was using their calculator back when like maybe like uh like a half year after i started hormones and that's how they told me like yeah you would be better rated for like a 34 double a at this point and it fit me just fine then and i feel like since then i've been like okay well because like amab like chest width is like weird and different I should be like just focusing on what this one says because it's for smaller boobs and like I've been mostly just going off that 34 number because of that even though if you went by like that old like measurement system of you know x minus y or whatever I think it would be close to like 30c I think with me or maybe like 32b ish after no 32b doesn't make sense because I have a 34 34- <laughs> the bras designed for a 34C and it didn't fit me today, so I don't know. Listen, I don't know. bras don't make sense. Okay. No, they don't. <laughs> and, like, I really shouldn't be putting as much effort into it. I just feel like it'd be easier to have one in preparation because I know, like, after the follow up, we're gonna be, like, you know, before we go, like, look at bras in person the two of us i'm like we're gonna go and let me shower because i wouldn't be able to shower for a week up until that point and i don't want to go out to the store smelling after a week of not being able to do much besides sit around the apartment (laughs) in the heat of summer because it's been fucking hot here too a lot yeah
1: yeah i truly don't know what to tell you like it, it just doesn't like if i were to just go by measurements if i were to find what size bra that the tape measure said i should i would be in an f cup and that is clearly not what i need
2: yeah
1: i wear a c (laughs) it's it's not
2: (laughs) it's just yeah i remember it's one of those dumb things like i remember when like the creator of like the co- the webcomic real life uh came out and everything when she started uh needing a bra like they did, there was like a full comic they did of like her having her wife give her the measurements and it's like oh going to this would be a c and they just like looked down at her chest and like the fuck i am <laughs> it's like because it's like no <laughs> it's, i i don't i don't know how much stock to actually put in that old measuring system of x minus y because it's like I also have read way too many times of people being like, yeah, most people who have boobs actually don't wear the right size bra, and I feel like most people use that old X Y measurement as a result. Yeah,
1: but the thing is, is that, like, I've seen that too, but the people I see saying it are always bra companies who have unique fits for their own specific systems, so it's like can I yeah. trust that?
2: Yeah, who knows? Like, I mean, the... I feel like the e, the actual easiest answer here is just actually get fitted at a store, also I don't know where to go for that, and also I would be very self-conscious about that, not just because I'm a trans person, but also because it's like, those are going to be brand new boobs that are just a week old, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore are going to be not in, not the happiest campers, probably, <laughs> just a week after having been cut open. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's fair. Uh... Yeah. Most Victoria's Secrets do fittings. I don't know if you would necessarily want to trust them, given their track record. But... Yeah.
2: Also, Victoria's Secret bras are fucking expensive, aren't that they? That is
1: true, but no one said you had to buy anything. Yeah.
2: True. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, fit me. Okay, fuck you later, guy. Bye. I'm going to take this information you used and buy super shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: There may be... Uh, I don't know if there's anything like this where you are, but in San Antonio, at least, there were a couple of, like boutique bra stores that also did fittings so that might be something to look into as well
2: yeah i I have at at least in the past i've read that people say that there are some stores that actually do advertise themselves as being like trans-friendly for like bra sizing Mm -hmm. i don't know i'll have to see because like i I would have to hope and imagine that there's probably some here around hartford because like i mean it's a pretty progressive state yeah, no, it's it's really weird, because, like, I mean, I'm talking about all this stuff, and meanwhile, when people are listening to this episode, this will be in the past. <laughs> well, I guess, not looking for bras, but, like, the surgery will be in the past by three days. <laughs>
1: yeah, very fair. Yep. This is, I mean, I didn't mean to get us back on Boob Talk, but I guess it's kind of a big thing in your life right well, now. Well, <laughs> I mean,
2: hey, you, yeah, I mean, hey, you, to be fair, you were saying that the last episode is probably not going to be named Boob Talk now, as a result, <laughs> so we can call this one boot Talk then. Yeah, sir. <laughs> also, kind of hard for me to really think about a whole lot else besides Boob's at the moment because it's only a week away. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't take much to make me go into talking about that stuff. I mean, I could talk about uh, Splatoon 3 based on that Nintendo Direct Day show yesterday. <laughs> So, it's very funny, I was talking about Splatoon a bit to my roommate Sam, because like, she had heard enough about it, but she never played that them, because, I mean, who had a Wii U besides me? And like she didn't have access to the Switch still, I moved in and all. And I was just like, at some point I caught myself being like, this probably sounds insane what I'm talking about, right? Like I mean I sent the I sent the group chat we have of us roommates just like the picture of the three idols with everybody loving the big uh manta ray big man. And like I was like, Yeah, they're the other two are gender roles basically and they're like it's like I didn't make any sort of explanation for why there's like in game idols in Splatoon. I just didn't mind like, the banking on the fact that they probably have heard at least, but they probably haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like yeah uh, splatoon splatoon is fucking crazy splatoon is good but also it's insane
1: <laughs> well okay <laughs> yeah i uh i don't
0: know.
1: Uh, never have i i i've never done splatoon but i've also never forgiven it for not calling it splatoon so
2: yeah i mean people are still like why did they not make the easy pun joke for two <laughs> It's kind of harder to try to do three just because 3 doesn't really fit in as well as easily as 2 would for Splatoon. I
1: have no idea what you're talking about. three is perfect.
2: <laughs> I mean, everybody just calls it Splithreen just like everybody calls splatoon, and uh, like just Splat2n splat in the lettering. But I mean, hey, uh, if you can always give the uh, the demo a try because that'll be out. Uh, not this next saturday but the following saturday on the 27th
1: oh well i might actually have a couple of days to try that then
2: yeah it's, it goes for 24 hours because like just like with splatoon 2 rather than doing like multiple like little hour-long demo chunks they're doing just a, like a full like pre-release splat fest where it's just you know like pick one of the teams and pull against people that way i see yeah, I don't. I don't think you have any. Th- I don't think there's any benefit from it that transfers over to the full game because I don't think there wasn't two, but they don't. They didn't actually fully mention it for three, so I don't know if they're doing that.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect there to be. Demos don't usually have anything like that, but.
2: Yeah. They do have like a little benefit if you have Splatoon two save data. Like they give you like a few bits of like the currency to get like new weapons a little sooner. Yeah. And also, like, unlock, unlock, like, the harder, like, more, like, not serious casual uh, game modes right off the bat. Because it's like, yeah, you've played this enough. We know that you don't need this to be locked behind the gate. (laughs) Because usually it's only, like, that's definitely, like, level 10 or so, I think. So it's, like, it's pretty quick anyway. But it's like, yeah, you've played enough of this. You know what you're getting into. Here you go. You can have it now. (laughs) So, you know, not the worst little, like, benefit of having played the previous game. I played a lot of that game, but I haven't played it in a long time because... You know, they stopped updates for it back in, like, 20... Like, late 2019, I think? Went for, like, a good, like, two and a half years, I think.
1: Yeah, um... I know it lasted a while, but since I'm... Like, you know, since I haven't played it, it's...
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it definitely... They definitely support it way longer than, like, most companies really support games. (laughs) Because, I mean, like, most games are just, like, one a year for the next installment or whatever the fuck, so... You're not getting like call of duty being supported longer than like eight months or so before they start like selling for the next one <laughs> yeah i mean they said that they're committed to two years of updates for it so that probably makes it seem like we're not getting a switch two until like 2025 or so in the earliest maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
2: unless they want to unless they just make a point of it for the newer console but also i don't want them to release a newer console consoles are expensive and i have a lot of stuff to pay for like fucking hormones and that stuff all the time
0: i
1: will never complain about having to wait a couple more years for the next console so
2: yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's like all the people who kept on, like, clamoring years ago of, like, give us a Switch for and I'm like, fuck no, I just replaced my Switch during the pandemic <laughs> because it had the fan issue. I, I think I mentioned that before, I think, in the general chat, that, like, it had, it wasn't, like, an overheating problem, but, like, the fan wasn't kicking on, so it would keep on, like, going and f- forcing itself into sleep mode before it would overheat. <laughs> and, like, we tried, like, like, six different fans, and nothing would work, and eventually, like, the, like, the little, like... F- T- like repair shop I was using, because Nintendo's, like, uh, provider support uh, facility was closed because of the early points of the pandemic, when nobody could get proper parts at all. Like, they were like, yeah, this has to be, like, a-, a deeper, like, programming issue that's not causing the fan to kick on, so your Switch is maybe a bit fucked. <laughs> and this was, of course, two weeks after Animal Crossing released, so I was like, ah, oh, oh, it, Perfect okay. time <laughs> Yeah. Like... Hey, for what it's worth, uh, that switch and uh, my one ferret's uh, like, final vet visit and all of that, that was all covered by the first stimulus check. Well, so, okay, yeah. Technically, I didn't spend any money to put Ollie to rest and get a new switch, but, I mean, I did pay money, just government money, not my own.
1: I mean, that's probably the best, like, you're getting money anyway. That's, that's good use to yeah. put it to
2: the the, ti- the timing worked out well, and I mean I still didn't like having to pay a two hundred dollar markup to find a switch during the early points to pandemic because they also were taking a really big hit with production. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, at, at least I was able to get back to where I was in Animal Crossing because basically I just like rewound the clock <laughs> in my switch and basically just did what I needed each day and then just fast forward the clock a day to just catch up. <laughs> And then, of course, like later on after I came out, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna re- erase this save file anyway, make a new file, and because uh, my old character had my dead name, so don't want that on there." <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I, don't, uh, I mean, I've been playing Animal Crossing in like a, a well over a year and a half, I think, at this point. So like that file is still there of my uh, previous name I used to go by. Oh, fun. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily like. Oh. Have a problem with it saying quill because like i mean quill, quill is not like my dead name it's just the name i chose to go by until i discovered that i liked chloe better oh. so, like i don't have a problem like having it say I that i mean like, my steam account my steam account has quill and, it, and like meanwhile i was like god damn it i made a mistake there and should have had like a better name in there but whatever
1: <laughs> yeah. okay uh, uh, that's fair i guess when you said your previous name i completely forgot that you had used an interstitial name
2: yeah, no, I had that one <laughs> Yeah, no, like, everything that had my old name Like, my birth name has now been steamrolled <laughs> Like, that's that's nowhere anymore No, that's good, yeah Well, I mean, I guess it's technically on my Kohl's card But I don't use Kohl's much Because Kohl's is also expensive <laughs> The Kohl's card basically just exists to keep you going to Kohl's repeatedly Because I keep giving you those, like, 20% off coupons or whatever And it's like, keep buying our overexpensive stuff <laughs> Because now you're in the system. It's it's much like the the fucking uh, coins thing when you buy digital games on the Nintendo eShop. Because <laughs> every time you buy one without using, I, I forget. No, I think, I think you, you get reduced coins if you use coins on the purchase. Yeah, but like I mean, a lot of it is just like, yeah, get like, whatever it was. I think it's usually like around 300 coins for a $60 game. Because I guess it's like one coin per two dollars or no. No, whatever it was. Whatever the conversion is, I forget. But it's like, yeah, every time you get a there you get coins. But it's like, yeah, but I'll never get down to zero coins. It's like fucking uh, V-Bucks. You never can buy them in an instrument that you'll actually use all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... Yep.
2: What? It's almost like it was designed that way. I
1: don't super pay a lot of attention to systems like that, so I couldn't tell you. But, yeah, they're all scams.
2: Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I still just buy games digitally on the Switch just because I'm too lazy to go to the store or wait days for it to arrive past the release date.
1: I always buy physical games because I do not trust digital ownership.
2: Ah, uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, in my case, I'm just lazy and don't want to go out to the store. And also, like, I also don't want to have to carry multiple game carts around if I ever actually take the Switch around this piece somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, it's all just down there. I mean, plus I also have, like, a big, like, SD card on it, so it fits.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just... There's been several instances so far of Amazon removing books from the Kindle store, even from people who bought them. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, I was already a little suspicious of digital purchasing, but with that clear and present example, it's like, yeah. if the things yeah, I, I buy can disappear like off, at any seconds, then what's the point?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fair. This is why it is always morally correct to pirate Nintendo's games because they don't give a fuck about preservation. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, yeah. I didn't do too much this week because uh, this is my last week of the semester. And so mm-hmm. I have been just up to my neck catching up. I'm very close yeah. to done. I only have three more things to go. And if I can finish those three things, I should <laughs> pass my classes. So, I don't know. We'll see. It, it's doable. Finally, finally, finally figured out a workaround for my stupid executive dysfunction thing.
2: Which is just doing it at night and not sleeping. Yes, exactly. think <laughs> like you said, right? Yeah. I,
1: for, I don't know why, but if it's after 10pm, I can just do stuff. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so... I guess I have vampire disease, but if it works, it works.
2: Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta embrace being a creature of the night. <laughs> yeah. And, dra- and drain the precious vitae from unsuspecting victims. Yeah,
1: we'll see. I don't got a lot of visitors up here. <laughs> the only thing that I really did this week that wasn't homework was I watched uh, Netflix's Sandman, so... That was,
2: hmm? is, is, that is that the Batman villain? Is that just no? Batman it is Batman? super not the Batman okay. villain. Okay. So oh, I guess I'm also no, no. I'm thinking of the Batman villain. The, the Batman one I was thinking of is uh Grundy, mm-hmm. like the the goop clay guy. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that guy, but also Solomon. Yeah. Character.
1: <laughs> Two characters removed, but yeah. Uh, no, this is uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman from 1989 uh essentially seven personifications of immortal entities go about their business being extremely goth because it's the early 90s uh the main (laughs) character is dream the living embodiment of all dreams who so i loved this netflix series and a big part of that is because of how much i loved this comic as a kid um like, it won't shock y'all to find out that I'm big into goth comics. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, you?
1: <laughs> but, yeah, the, the thing is, is that in the comics, Dream is, like, eternally mutable, right? And that's a thing you can do in comics. Mm-hmm. He's not really human. And so it's it's weird to look at him. He's constantly in shadows. His face changes every time somebody looks at him it's a different person and they just can't do that in a Netflix show it's just this same British twink over and over again and
2: yeah like I I guess the closest you could really do is you just have a different actor play them in like every episode Mm -hmm. It's kind. kind of like how people joked about, like how in the D and D movie, they should definitely have a per, like one of the party members die, and then have like their cousin be played by the same person show up and have their name only like two or three letters different. Be like, hey, no, what happened to my cousin? Yeah.
1: It's. I just dropped a couple pictures in recording spam of. Uh, like that first one is oh, yeah, beautiful that's, comic art. That's definitely art. a twink. And then, that's how he's... P- <laughs> <laughs> so don't get me wrong, he's least, a great actor, and least, he's good at the job, but yeah, he doesn't can, look the part.
2: <laughs> I can at least see where they got from point A to point B, but yeah. <laughs> For one, the hair is not even... Because, like, I, I don't know if it's based on, like, the coloration or whatever, but, like, it looks like in the first one, like, they have red.
1: Right? Uh, no, it's always black. Uh, Dream oh okay. yeah that, that's just like a filter over the image dream is always okay, dressed that, in all black what
2: okay yeah that's why i was not sure about.
1: but yeah so like, it's a great series it's a great adaption they really fixed some of the issues the comic had from being in 1989 uh the cast is a lot more inclusive there's more queer people there's more people of color it's great it's mm-hmm. just not as visually impactful as the comic could be, and I think that's a real shame, because with CGI, it's very possible for it to have been, and they didn't. Yeah. And, just, like, just minor notes, I say that the cast is more inclusive, but, like... So people die in this comic. A lot. So many people die in the Sandman. And that's still true in the, the TV series. But the thing is, is because of the way they made the cast more inclusive, it's it's a lot of black men dying. There's one mm. black man who survives the first season. It's not great. Uh, that's bad. Yeah. Bad. So while I appreciate them bringing more people in and expanding the diversity of the cast, uh, I think they need to take a look at who they're putting where next time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was a it was a good time. Um, I certainly would advise the comic over the TV series, but it is what it is.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that's also like pretty much the standard for stuff like this. Of so like, yeah, yeah, the the original is obviously the preferred way. Yeah, to experience it.
1: Well, that's the thing, because it's like Neil Gaiman, the same author. He's the one who adapted it for the TV show. So a lot of the stuff that changes is very much for the best. It's stuff that he recognized as problems in his early work and wanted to correct. And so on that level, yeah, absolutely. I think the story of it is better in the TV show. But... (laughs) Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. When you lose so much of that visual impact and when you are um, just kind of willy-nilly slaughtering diverse characters, it's a problem. And that's not to say that straight white people don't die in this show. It's just there's a lot more white people in general, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Sandman. Do you have anything else you'd like to touch on? It's been half an hour, so we should probably get to the show.
2: Yeah, no I, no, I don't have much <laughs> Okay, on. fair enough. I mean, I could quickly talk about the update to Monster Under Rise, but it's, it's just Monster Under more. <laughs> They they put in the, the the good they they put in the variants of Betel Geese, uh, Raytheon, and Raphalos and they're all assholes just like they were in World, and it's ha. good. <laughs> they also put in a very dick uh, version of Nargacuga because now it shoots a bunch of like poison quills everywhere and it turns invisible, <laughs> so it's just Nargacuga but more of a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. Nice.
0: Uh... Yep. I
1: went to see Bullet Train this morning. It's very good. It's an excellent action movie. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's actually cool. It's it's not... People don't like it when I say this. John Wick is not cool. John Wick is pretending to be cool and has nothing but <laughs> choreography going for it. There's no substance. Bullet Train is if John Wick was actually cool. So that's, that's my review. So! <laughs>
2: I still have not seen any of the John Wick movies. Oh
1: uh they are
2: very kn- good the, movies to half watch
1: while you're doing something else and just pay attention during the fight scenes
0: <laughs> fair
1: i've probably seen yeah, them no, in think... most movies just because they're good to have on in the background
2: i think i think actually now that i think about it the last oh. actual like movie i've still seen has been rise of skywalker back oh in no <laughs> I have really not watched- like, I still- god, I still have not fucking watched, like, Knives Out, I, which I know it was, like, before that. I also still have not watched Everything Everywhere all at once. I need to get on that Oh, you're shit. killing me. <laughs> I, I also feel like I should watch Prey, even though I don't really care about the Predator movies, but everybody has good things to say about Prey, and it's very funny that everybody's like, which fucking Prey are you talking about now? <laughs> like, the- the- the fucking Arcane Studios game? Nope. <laughs>
1: um yeah that's yep. that's very fair predator is not really my thing i mostly i'm only aware uh, of predator from the archie versus predator crossovers
2: yeah i mean i, I mostly just know of it because of it of alien professor and well, i haven't seen any of the alien movies either. oh
1: also superman and batman versus alien and predator of course how could i not talk about that classic of comic books
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the Like, everybody's fought the Predator at this point, right? No,
1: I mean, pretty much.
2: I mean, if Archie had to fight the Predator, it's like, yeah, no, it doesn't surprise me. If the Predator isn't anything else, that would be like... Like, it's like Ronald McDonald versus the Predator. It's like, yeah, sure, I would believe that exists if Archie Comics dealt with the Predator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, there's definitely a thing in... Uh, Batman and Superman versus Alien and Predator, where Alfred the Butler kills a Predator. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: the very first result for Ronald McDonald versus Predator is people having made them in WWE 20, 2K19, which I think is the one that was super fucking busted. So that makes sense.
1: <laughs> but yes, okay. Um, let's see. So, She Ra. The, the whole reason we're here. <laughs> um my episode this week is season two episode seven light spinner no episode six i got my i'm so used to doing the odd numbered episodes i'm sorry
2: don't worry about it you're going back to it next week Hmm? (laughs) oh yeah yeah. (laughs) yeah Cause you know, cause like we're done with we're done with season two, in they are quotes, even though it's like really it's just that season three is a continuation of season two. Yeah,
1: this is <laughs> extremely a uh, a half season. We're gonna we'll talk about that today for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we open in Mysticore, panning through the hall of sorcerers, when like a glowy falcon thing swoops through the hall. It's it's just like an outline that's colored in with magic. It's not a real bird. And it is being controlled by a sorcerer who is putting on a show for some kids until it gets smashed up by another construct, which is a blue glowy ram thing. Uh, this falcon was cast by a Light Spinner, who is teaching a class, and the ram was cast by uh, Micah, an apprentice who is just thrilled to be noticed by Light Spinner, the greatest sorceress of Mysticore. Um... You might have figured this out from the first couple sentences. This is a flashback. Uh, Micah is, of course, Glimmer's dad in the past, and Light Spinner is. Well, she's Light Spinner.
2: <laughs> Definitely did not realize until last the episode that it's like, oh, okay, that's Glimmer's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I remembered the name Micah, I just did not catch on to it till after. It's like, oh, right, that yeah. guy. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, yeah, we're, we're, we're watching a child who will someday die, as we always are.
0: <laughs> Yay!
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so, Light Spinner is annoyed that Micah has interrupted her class, because apparently she is teaching no, these no, kids.
2: Sorry, is that too harsh to have that be the
1: episode title? <laughs> we are watching a child who will we're one day to... die?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board. With but, but iTunes, let us do that.
1: iTunes would probably let us do that. <laughs> There's no vulgarity in there. I don't think they'd censor us.
2: Yeah, but it's just like the context of the sentence without the context provided. Uh, Um,
1: yeah. So his his whole deal is that he wants to learn more magic than he's allowed to. Um, he's casting what are called light illusions, which I guess is what these things are—these rams and birds—but. She says it is forbidden for third years by the Guild of Sorcerers. So, all the other things he wants to learn—shape shifting and magicking and telekinesis—all forbidden. You gotta study it more than three years at the very least.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, shape change is a level nine spell. This kid's like, this kid is like a third level sorcerer at most. Basically. Yeah,
1: but alter self is not a nine level
2: spell. True, but I feel like he's talking more like shape change than alter self he could i mean it could go either way i guess yeah it's but he's, he's a teenager he would definitely want to try to turn into a dragon rather than just make himself look like a different True. person yeah
1: i want to say he's probably about 13 maybe 14 here we don't get an exact confirmation of his age but he's definitely younger than adora and the rest of the cast so
0: okay.
1: um yeah uh we cut to the future where shadow weaver is imprisoned in the fright zone and Catra appears to deliver her dinner and to remind her that she's never, ever, ever getting out. And then also just throw the dinner on the floor, because Catra is not much for treating prisoners humanely.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Nope. I did notice that uh, when uh, Shadow Weaver goes to get the food, the drink is intact, though, so the drink didn't fall over when Catra dropped it. But still, that drink would have definitely spilled over, because Catra's just a dick.
1: (laughs) It really looks like... Because Shadow Weaver's arms are basically handcuffed to the walls and i really thought that she had dropped this tray out of reach of shadow weaver just to be even more of a monster but she's apparently eating it's her dinner pretty, so.
2: it's pretty close <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty close though like she definitely has to like stretch a bit to actually get there like it's doable but it's not comfortable
1: just imagining shadow weaver stretched out full-bodied trying to like snag <laughs> it with her feet um. <laughs> After the credits, uh, we see Hordak in the dark. Um, this is the first time we've caught him without his full armor suit on. He's just wearing, like, a tank top here. And, uh, yeah, he's he's got something weird going on. Just absolutely pure neck and white skin, but he's got all these blue blotches that are all over his body. It's kind of like reverse vitiligo. And uh, a bunch of mechanical arms are sort of... Dressing him and sort of welding him into his armor uh, seems super inconvenient if you had to do that every day, but I guess if that's how he likes to do stuff. Um,
2: well, well, I mean, like, we saw in, like, another uh, earlier episode that, like, he didn't suffocate in, like, the uh, suffocation zone that he had captured in, so it's, like, this does, does confirm that he does have this mechanical body, basically, right?
1: Well, not really. I mean, he's just a dude. He's a dude who has his armor sealed onto him essentially if you think about the early iron man movies it's that it's
2: yeah i I guess i guess i was thinking it looked like a little bit more like darth Vader, but not to the point where like he needs like a rebreather basically yeah
1: i mean he's definitely got some like, like mechanical ports in his body but
2: yeah like he's he's not doing the visible or not the visible, the audible like breathing, but like there's something in it that does that for him since he didn't need to breathe in the like the no oxygen zone.
1: I'm gonna be honest, I think that's just one of Hordak's powers. I don't think he needs oxygen. That said though, uh he can talk in the no oxygen zone, so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um Right. So, Katra arrives, and he wants to know why Shadow Weaver is still around. Uh, of course, Katra says that it's because she's a prisoner, but Hordak thinks this is a bad idea and just wants Catra to kill her. So, I don't know where to put this on the good boss scale that we've kind of been keeping for Hordak, because, like, obviously you don't want your old boss to have the power to kill you, but at the same time, he is kind of, like, Deliberately taking steps to remove the person who abused Katra from her life, you know?
2: Yeah. It's it's kind of a mixed bag in a sense, in that regard, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's good, but also bad. Because, like, she's their prisoner and all, and, like, I feel like she didn't really do a whole lot to warrant being thrown in jail. Like, obviously, she didn't lash out and, like, disobey Hordak's order to let them mess with the Black Garnet, but, like, the Black Garnet isn't, like, destroyed. It's still there, from we have seen Yeah, it.
1: I think the issue is more that she was trying to kill uh, 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 other Horde officers, because she was yeah. straight up trying to kill Scorpia.
2: And Catra, yeah. Well,
1: um, I mean, yes, but...
2: Yes, I mean, yes it no, I guess. She attacked two Force Captains, and that's enough, yeah. I guess, for insubordination.
1: But yeah, so uh, the power flickers briefly, and while it's out, Entrapta arrives, and she kind of explains that she's installing the new tech from the last episode into the Fright Zone power grid, which is overwhelming it. So they're having some rolling blackouts in the Fright Zone. Uh, I guess the jail has got its power system reinforced pretty well, because the power never goes out there, but... <laughs> um,
2: See, now, I was thinking that because she said that there's just been rolling blackouts, I was definitely expecting it to be that right now, at this second, like Shadow Weaver be running past the door <laughs> or something, because she had gotten out when the power went out and released her restraints or something, which, surprisingly, does not happen in this episode like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And Catra does kind of, in- kind of question why Entrapta's there, and, you know, Catra's second in command of the Horde, what's Entrapta doing here, but... Kordak just shuts her down super hard, which, uh, given what we know about Catra's insuperi- insuperiority complex, whatever the opposite of a superiority complex is, uh, yeah, that's going to be a problem long-term, I'm betting. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, so he, he says that Katra can have two days to get any information she can out of Shadow Weaver that would be useful enough to justify keeping her around, after which she is to be sent to Beast Island which essentially is how Kordak executes people in a TVPG-friendly way. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah. A, they, he sends them off to uh, Skull Island where King Kong is Yes, exactly.
1: Tetra <laughs> <laughs> uh, leaves, and as she does, she overhears Entrapta telling Kordak that they should be able to test the portal tech the moment she's done rebuilding the power grid. Entrapta is very on board for this whole thing. But we cut back to the past, where Spinner sort of explains how magic works to Micah, despite his being a third-year student.
2: <laughs> yep. A little bit strange.
1: And, I mean, we've gone over most of this, but the short version is princesses get power for free by being tied to the runestones, but sorcerers have to do a lot of study and work to get the quote-unquote lesser spells.
2: It's again, that's wizards. That's not sorcerers. <laughs> <laughs> Sor- sorcerers get, like, given magic because, like, a uh, family member fucked a dragon in the past or <laughs> something. Wizards are the ones that study. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's something. It's something.
2: <laughs> they're at least, like, establishing, like, answers to what I had back in, like, season one of, like, what's the distinction here between the magic of princesses and the magic of them? Because, like, I, we, I remember we were talking about, like, how we thought that, uh like the the mirror disc or whatever that gassus Bella had was the kind of her runestone but no apparently that's just fandom. yeah 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 that's not actually that's not that's not her focus or anything um <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: there is um this is just entirely off topic but i want to bring it up because there is another runestone that isn't going to be covered in the series uh it's just not mentioned in the series whatsoever. <laughs> because it was destroyed several thousand years before the series
2: happened. Uh, and is, that, is that the one we see next episode, like the shards of it?
1: That's very possible, yes. That could be the only reference to it in the series, but it, yes. A very, very long time ago, there used to be an elemental fire princess, but there is not anymore because her runestone was destroyed.
2: Yeah, she, she can't be she can't be official yet again until they make the pyromancer subclass actually not be in an Earth has to be published in order for you to play one officially. Yeah. At least, to my knowledge, I don't think it's been published yet. I think it's still in development, <laughs> I'm checking at the moment. it. <laughs> it has not, to the best of uh, um, not unless it's in a uh, spelljammer. Yeah. It, oh uh, no, it's in it's in Kaladesh. It's not Unearthed ma- Arcana. I was thinking of Lunar huh. Magic as a sorcerer subclass. Pyromancy is apparently an option, I guess, if you're using Planeshaft Cal- shift, Caliv- Ah, well, I
1: mean, Shaft <laughs> books are a little.
2: Yeah, that's no. right. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they mostly, I feel like they just have the more focus on get the more artificer subclasses, and also, like, maybe a few Druid, because Druid only still has, like, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have a whole lot. I guess, I guess, uh, sorcerer also doesn't have a whole lot either because like it's only like seven as well but also sorcerers are really fucking terrible <laughs> compared to wizard where wizard has almost a dozen yeah <laughs> whatever we gotta get our uh pre D at D. talk it's here. true it wouldn't be this show <laughs> if we didn't yeah nah yeah.
0: um
1: so light spinner she's narrating for the audience's benefit but it really makes it seem like she thinks Micah is a complete idiot. Because at this point, she tells him that the Guild is there to train students in magic. He's been there for three years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. See, this is, this is like, uh, I mean, again, this is a show that has like a younger audience a little bit than uh, Owl House. Not, I mean, not Owl House. I, I, I guess it kind of goes either way. Because like, Owl House kind of deals with some heavy stuff. But this show's been dealing yeah. with some heavy stuff, too. But like... It makes sense when, you know, they have to explain how magic works to Luce, obviously, because she's a human, she's not used to it. This is, like, this is one of those sorts of, like, we're explaining this purely for the audience's sake, not for the characters in this scene. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is maybe a. I don't know how well this would interact with the rest of the episode, but I feel like the easy fix to this would be to have Micah be younger. Make him, like, 10 or yeah, something. Make yeah, him he... not an, an actual yeah, student could... yet.
2: Yeah, because he's, like, 12 or 13. Like, if, if this was, like, um, multiple different flashbacks, and it's like, okay, this is him, like, being introduced to the Academy, and then later on he's a teenager when he's helping Weaver or, like, sorry, Light's better than <laughs> Weaver with the stuff, then it's like, yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, yeah, if he's, a, if he's a kid being introduced to it, it's like he wouldn't know this shit.
1: Yeah, so as it is, it's, it's a little strange, but... Either way, uh, she tells him that she won't teach him unless he promises to do exactly what she says, because he's the most powerful student she's ever seen. But he has no discipline whatsoever. Uh, he is, in fact, attempting to eat a rock. As she says this, so
2: <laughs> yes, please, please do not eat the rock. I I always get like the weird like shiver down my spine whenever I see a character bite down on something hard that they definitely can't chew yeah. <laughs> or break with their teeth they're gonna they're gonna break their teeth before they break the thing they're biting like this (laughs) i mean not also it's like again like she's saying like he's the most talented student she's ever seen meanwhile he's trying to eat a uh, gemstone with his yeah (laughs) like well uh sorry because you were the most talented student and i've reconsidered well like you said (laughs) he is a sorcerer not a wizard (laughs) true yes he doesn't need high intelligence he just needs good charisma which I mean, he'll, he'll later on go on to, to fucking the fucking immortal angel lady, so I guess he's got the charisma, <laughs> Not the brain. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
1: It's, um, like, don't get me wrong, I like chewing on metal, I just don't chomp down on it. Like, uh, you get a a zipper that's been ripped off of something, that's good gnawing, and that's, that's good for stimming. Um.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I guess I, I'm also, I, I also feel like I'm just like different like that where I just don't like having stuff in my mouth that's not meant to be that's there. That's <laughs> That's just me.
1: Yeah, so we got a little magic montage of them just like gathering spell components and drawing circles and such. And there's no dialogue for most of it, but she must be teaching him in between because about 30 seconds later, he is immediately better at magic than she is. <laughs> they sort of have a, like a, conjuring pool thing and she can only draw a 2D shape out of it to float in the air but he's able to make it like a 3D prism with dozens of little moving parts and she's super mad about this but like pulls back telling him that she just didn't realize how powerful he was and honestly if I wanted to compare this to something it's basically Green Lantern powers it's like Hal Jordan only ever uses big fists that's his whole thing and then you've got Kyle Rayner over here with his enormous anime robot constructs. <laughs> that's that's the level of skill we're seeing. <laughs> but yeah, so she she does promise to keep teaching him because the guild needs talents like him more than ever. At this point, she uses a scrying pool to show him pictures of the horde. Uh, they've just landed and are starting their conquest of Etheria. He is pretty upset by this, understandably, given that. He lives in a country that has never known war, but she says she has a plan, and it's one that can stop the Horde. We, I'm not really covering their relationship it's, a lot, but he's very much devoted to her in the way that a kid is, to the one teacher that likes you. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. But, I mean, this also makes me realize that, like, this is, like, this is, like, what, like, 20, 25 years or so before the course of the show? Since, like, I mean, Mike is presumably grows up before he has a kid. <laughs> so it's, like, this is, like, definitely a case of, like, why did it take the Horde so long to still not conquer a planet? Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're not great at this. <laughs> because even in the flashback, I mean, like, be fair, they it, have it, tanks and junk. They, they, they aren't coming in with nothing, so.
2: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it is tr- like it is still hard to conquer an entire planet. But it's like you you could be doing a little better than you currently are. I feel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's it, it would be hard not to. Um. Yeah, I truly don't know how to, because we are gonna hear later that the princesses have tried to resist the horde and that their powers are ineffective. So, it's. I, I don't know how to think about this. Is I guess what I'm trying to say because, the horde don't seem like they're very good at this. But the princesses apparently aren't aren't either. I don't know. We we never really see the previous princess alliance, so I guess we have to assume they're terrible at it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean the only one we've literally seen up till this point has been uh, you know and, yeah. Angela who, got knocked away by one blast. <laughs> definitely has like a negative to the con despite being an immortal angel person yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah it, it's, it's just really rough to me that light spinner is already manipulating the kid like this and she hasn't even turned evil yet it's
2: mm. how <sighs> are you talking about this is definitely uh, this is definitely not shadow weaver this is Spinner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but either way there's gonna be a meeting of the sorcerer's guild tomorrow where the head sorcerer norwin and the others will decide on a plan I say, and the others, because none of the rest of them are ever named. It's just Norwin and the Sorcerer crew. Cast a spell. It hmm?
2: uh, they... doesn't matter, because, like, uh, I mean, these people ain't going to be around so long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Cast a spell is not here anywhere, so... I, I, I don't know where she is, but she's not learning magic yet. Um, in Back in the present, Catra goes to, like... A balcony overlooking the Fright Zone. This is her secret angry hiding space, and Scorpia is waiting for her there because she says this is where Catra always goes when she's mad, so it was easy to find her. And also, quote, I already looked everywhere else. She searched the entire Fright Zone. Yep. Scorpia, I love you, but you've got boundary issues. <laughs> Uh, Catra once again denies being Scorpia's friend, and then she does admit that she's mostly mad because Hordak is making her get rid of Shadow Weaver. Uh, Scorpia is surprised at this point that Beast Island exists for some reason, which, like... (sighs) There are literally two officers in the Horde who have more experience than Scorpia. (laughs) And... (laughs) No, sorry, three. There's three. And she doesn't know that Beast Island is real. It's. She thought it was a fairy tale to keep the kids in line, but also, like. <laughs> Scorpia, please.
2: <laughs> I mean, again, like, we we were just talking about uh, how Micah definitely has, has an int as in, a dump stat. Uh, Scorpia has it too, but, I mean, she makes up for it with uh, being a good friend.
1: I think. I don't think this is Int. I think this is Wisdom. She...
2: Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Maybe she. Scorpia definitely has, like, a negative two to perception. She just
1: failed an insight check and assumed someone was lying to her. Is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Katra really just... She, she starts unloading and gets to the root of her problems, which is that she thinks Hordak doesn't trust her. Since she thinks Shadow Weaver can be useful, but he disagrees, she sees this as him just not trusting her judgment and overriding her. Which is maybe a little true, but it's definitely not the sort of dismissal that she feels like it is. And Mm -hmm. Scorpia doesn't really get this at all. She doesn't super understand what's wrong with getting rid of someone who's that mean that they all kind of hated anyway. (laughs) Uh. Yep. But Castro just says she wouldn't understand and takes off. Uh, there is a little bit of a cute scene here where Scorpio seems to be having some difficulty with her pincers, which is interesting, but mostly it's just there for comic relief.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, they definitely need to replace these guardrails, though, because she does just rip one off. Yeah, but she's <laughs> also she's super strong. <laughs> yeah, but these guardrails are already, like, wobbly around, like even when Castro's us sitting on it. <laughs>
1: Okay, yes, but it's a guardrail. It's not supposed to support the weight of a person. Also
2: true. Also true. Don't, sit, don't sit on a guardrail, especially when it's one that wobbles this much like this and can easily be ripped off. But yeah, I mean,
1: we've seen Scorpia carry, like, three humans at a time. I'm not... She She's strong. <laughs> um... So we flash back to the past where, at the meeting, Light Spinner is talking about how the princesses haven't been able to stop the Horde and how the Horde has now captured one of the runestones. Um, the other sorcerers seem pretty surprised by this, so I guess none of them are paying attention to the war. But uh, she, her, her argument is that the princesses can't win this and that the sorcerers need to act. So her plan is to cast the Spell of Obtainment. That's O-B-T-A-N m-e-n-t because i am not enunciating very clearly right now um this would apparently empower the sorcerers to fight the horde but turns out it's uh super totally definitely forbidden because casting it turns you into a magic vampire who has to leech other people's power to survive so (laughs) i don't know how she feels like this is the best plan but whatever um she does say that she's fixed the spell, and that with the alignment of three of the moons, it will make all of Etheria stronger. And I just have to note this planet has 12 moons, so there must be alignments like every night. Come on.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep.
1: But the other thing is, Norman's plan is. Like, no one else talks, it's just Light Spinner and Norman. And his plan is to just sit around and do nothing until the princesses fix everything. So I kind of feel like Angela might have studied here. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> or At the least, like took her the lesson of casting spells. Yeah, power. for sure.
1: Uh, Light Spinner is, you know, unbelievably mad, shouting and screaming that if they don't do this, the planet will burn. But they just won't listen to her. So after the meeting, Micah catches up with her and she goes on a tear about Norman and the others not trusting her despite her power and she thinks they're just trying to hold her back and sees their rejection of her plan as a short-sightedness and not trusting her rather than, you know, not wanting to turn into monsters like this spell literally turns you into a monster. Um, there, there's parallels between her and Katra here that are supposed to be played up on later in the episode but honestly, I don't see it. Really, she's just got a bad idea and refuses to listen to anyone who says otherwise. That's not the same as what's going on with Katra here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, not really.
1: But yeah, so uh, Micah offers to help, and she does get all cagey about it, saying that if he wants to help, there is a way. Uh, back in the future, Katra informs Shadow Weaver that she is to be sent to Beast Island unless she can come up with a reason for Hordak to keep her around. Uh, Shadow Weaver has nothing to say except that she's given her whole life to the Horde, and Catra kind of storms off, not understanding how Shadow Weaver is so okay with the death sentence hanging over her. But as she leaves, Shadow Weaver asks for a last favor t- to see her Sorcerer's Guild badge again. It's in her things, and if Catra would just bring it to her, she'd make a poor old lady ever so happy, and. Catra.
2: So obvious that she's just manipulating Katra. You again. grew
1: up with her, Katra, please.
2: <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta cut your toxic parent out of your life, Katra.
1: Yeah. Uh, back in the past, Micah and Light Spinner head to the Lunarium for the convergence, and she warns him how dangerous this spell is and how they cannot stop once they start to cast it. Uh, at this point, he finally becomes a little hesitant. <laughs> But she reminds him that without this spell, there's no way to protect their people. And so the two of them start casting the Spell of Obtainment. Uh, they conjure a sort of a diamond thing in the air, which is what they were doing earlier with that uh, Green Lantern construct stuff. But after a moment, it fills up with shadow monsters, like punching the outside of the... trying to get out of this thing. And Micah gets freaked out, and he breaks. He, he stops the spell, turns and runs, and the shadow monsters get out. They, they try to grab Micah, but he dodges, and instead they get Light Spinner and then explode in a huge burst of light, which is very weird for shadow monsters, but whatever. <laughs> the rest of the, uh, the guild members arrive just in time to be too late, uh, demanding an explanation of what's going on here, and it is revealed that Light Spinner has been suffused by shadow energy. Her body is now all kinds of covered in scars. Very, uh, very Dr. Doom kind of thing going on. The guild just stand around posturing about how that spell was evil, and she super doesn't listen to them, instead kind of hulking out and getting buffer. This was a surprise to me, but shadow power makes her stronger. She screams that the only mistake she ever made was seeking their approval. Uh There's a magic fight, which she just totally stomps, and then she, uh... I don't have the words for this she flat out murders Norwin it is not family friendly
2: yeah she she, she fully like feeds to like a pocket dimension of shadow monsters yeah she
1: like we don't see it exactly but she encases his head in shadows and then squeezes to collapse his head inside the shadow and then the rest of him gets eaten by the shadow monster it's
2: yep. that it is
1: horrifying um and yeah.
2: Well, hey, that, that that's what ends up the centrists that don't decide to actually do anything, right? <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta take a side, man. You can't just be neutral in this shit, especially with a war that goes on for the next, like, 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the the other guild members were here fighting, but they just kind of disappear from the scene after Norwin dies. Maybe they ran, or maybe she got well, caught. Well,
2: no, but... uh... No, Sh- Shadow, uh, Shadow Weaver blasted them like immediately before she got went after Norwin. Like she, like she lasted out, and you just see one of them get fully like blasted all the way like to the wall and stuff. That person is also definitely dead. Uh, I don't, I don't remember does that to the second one, but like one of them, one of them, she definitely like. Left. There's a
1: blast, but I don't think I don't know. It's
2: we don't see that person after, so I just. assume I they're dead I guess that's fair. They,
1: they sort of just stop being there really they are involved in the fight that's true enough but like the even at the end of this scene so micah stands up and shadow weaver grabs him and she's about to eat him too but he just begs her not to and she vanishes in a puff of light and when she does there's no one else she... in the room there's no like bodies on the floor or anything it's just micah
2: right she she dis- she casts disintegrate on those people and they're blasted and then there's nothing left also, like, she doesn't just dodge; she also pats Micah on the head. By the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: But either way, um, we cut to the fright zone where I guess the power is going out for the first time because we're still in the past. And uh, then she isn't called Shadow Weaver yet, but it's Shadow Weaver. And she kills a guard or two before demanding to be taken to Hordax so she can help him to victory. And I'm not super sure why she switched sides here, because, like, she gave up literally everything she had in order to fight the Horde. I don't know why she just joined them. This really feels like it should be. Yeah, and
2: then immediately immediately goes and just joins them rather than takes over the Sorcerer's Guild. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. It's, like, the story they just told us feels like a saw guerrera story it feels like a a rebel who's fighting the empire but going too far and can't be associated with the rebellion it it doesn't feel like the most trusted general of the horde for the next 30 years
2: (laughs) no (laughs) and like i mean considering that again we've established that it's been like 30 years between the flashback and the present day it's like I definitely would not at all believe that she's like been working from the inside to try the fuck over Hordak because it's like it's been 30 years, lady, ever do it or not <laughs> if that's the yeah. case <laughs>
0: and
2: this, this ain't corin deciding to side with uh their shitty like uh, dad that stole them from their actual family and also used them to kill them <laughs> and then be like i can change it, the empire from the i can change nowhere from the inside it's like no corin there's <laughs> no there's legitimately no actual reason why the conquest story of Fire Emblem fate would ever fucking happen because what corin would ever side with their fucking ganondorf dad <laughs> <laughs> He's, his name is like Garen or something like that, if I remember correctly but he does just really look like Gazzdorf <laughs> but also Fire Emblem Fates is that game where you can romance your half siblings and your adopted siblings so fuck that game Gross. that's bad <laughs> um yeah not not a good uh, not a good period for Fire Emblem there after the highs of Awakening and at least they got back with Three Houses but yeah no, nobody like Fates <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason why Cortis is in smash other than to advertise that game that they knew was not going to do well I love that <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, hey, like, I mean, Min Min's still in the game, so they can't really—they don't put characters in based on whether those games are gonna be a success or not because nobody played Arms. I
1: liked Arms for like twenty minutes.
2: I had a, I, I bought Arms. Yeah, I I played the demo, and I like I after like a couple days after I bought it, I was like, why did I buy this? I feel like I got everything I needed from the demo, just like with Mario Tennis Aces, because again, that game did not have legs, basically i lunch. definitely
1: played through the story campaign of ARMS with at least three characters. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I liked that playing as as Min Min in that game. Like, Min Min was clearly the best character because she could deflect attacks with the Geck and all, that they also put in Smash, but it's like... It, it, does anybody play ARMS now? <laughs> like, in 2022? I
1: disagree. The <laughs> DNA blob is clearly the best character. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean yes, just because the DNA because Helix is just yes, gross. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm I'm now googling MLD Pro Arms. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that that's my arms switch. <laughs> uh, Looks like the, all the like recent uh, arms videos that I've seen from the other are from 2017 <laughs> when the game was nice. nice. <laughs> There's an article here from. On, well, not an article, it's a post on GameFAQs. Could Splatoon and Arms be Nintendo's first step in the MLG? Mm, kind of for one, uh, definitely not for the other. <laughs> they do a bunch of like Splatoon Championship stuff, but uh, nobody's doing that for Arms.
1: The thing that's best about the Arms uh. is just the story of the game. It's ridiculous
2: no see the real best thing about arms is the arms theme song because the arms theme song actually slaps <laughs> okay
1: yes that's true but on the other hand the, the lore behind arms is that just all of a sudden one day people started waking up with spring arms and they decided oh, yeah, to yeah, punch
2: yeah, no, the hat yeah, other. so they decided to turn it into a fucking professional yeah. sport yeah also bad, i guess i did forget about that that does that also rule
1: <laughs> no reason no rhyme just spring arms
2: nope yep We just needed the faintest of excuses here to have people have springy, like, slinky arms for this fighting game? I don't know if you'd call that a fighting (laughs) game. I don't know. (laughs) It's a neat neat idea at the least, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo never returns the arms.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, okay, so uh, back in the present, uh, Catra shows up to throw more food on the floor and ask if Shadow Weaver has a way of saving herself yet. Uh, She doesn't, but does ask why Catra keeps bringing her meals personally, because, you know, Catra is second in charge of the Horde and all. But they finally have a a real conversation. Catra asks why Shadow Weaver treated her the way she did, and Shadow Weaver absolutely, definitely, 100% lies. Like, a lot. Um, she claims the reason she was so hard in Catra was because little kid Catra reminded Shadow Weaver of herself. Because she had to scrap and claw and fight for every single ounce of power, so why should Catra have it easy? The, the whole, I paid my student loans, so... Be-
2: because, yeah, yeah, because you don't have to spread generational trauma to your kids, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and while I absolutely believe that the I paid my student loans thing is truly a thing for Shadow Weaver... At the same time, like, we all saw how she treated Adora. This is just straight-up yeah. justification.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: 100%. But yeah, Catra does not like this, because she doesn't like being compared to Shadow Weaver, and she demands again to know why she was treated that way when she was just a kid, but Shadow Weaver keeps right on manipulating, saying she knows Katra is losing her standing with Hordak, and how she's being pushed out, and Catra says that's not true, of course, that is only there for the technology stuff, but Shadow Weaver starts petting her head and telling her that it's okay, and she just... She wants Catra to understand if Hordak trusts Entrapta, then that means Katra failed, because he can't trust anyone more than her. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I, I do not like Shadow Weaver. <laughs> She's
1: the worst.
2: There's... There's these two episodes have way too much relatable stuff. <laughs> in them. Yeah. For a person that's had legitimate problems with their own family at times and also, uh, you know, I mean, you jo- you kind of have joked about how everyone in the show is trans to me before in the past, but also the Bo episode is very. That was trans. not a joke.
1: <laughs> everyone on this show is trans. Fair. Fair. the
2: the Bo the Beau episode next just makes it very much apparent that Bo is the most. Oh trans yes, absolutely, hundred
1: <laughs> percent. Shadow Weaver's story is a little trans, but not really. It's 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 there, yeah. but not, not enough
2: not as
1: much um yeah uh so shadow weaver also claims that she wants catra to be more and better than she ever was but in order to do that she has to be smarter and stronger than shadow weaver ever was and catra just sort of begs one last time for a reason shadow weaver should be allowed to stay but she doesn't have anything and asks to be left alone um To everyone's misfortune, Katra falls for all this manipulation, and she's got a little smile on as she leaves, sort of rubbing the part of her hair that Shadow Weaver was petting. Because she feels like Mom likes her now.
2: Uh, No. In
1: the so we haven't talked about this. I don't know what food this is that they serve the prisoners. It's just like It's it's like Yeah, it's (laughs) it's like oatmeal on a plate.
2: Yeah. But inside
1: the gruel she's left behind, Shadow Weaver finds the sorcerer badge she had asked for. And if we get another cut to the past. Uh, this is later than the other flashbacks. This is only about 17 years ago instead of about 30. And this is, well... Hmm. Working timelines. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, either way, um... She's charging up with the Black Garnet. At, at this point in time, the Black Garnet has been given to her, and she's using its powers. And then she heads to Hordak's throne room. Uh, Grizzlore and Cobalt are there with uh, baby Adora and uh, Shadow. Who?
2: Hmm? <laughs> who are these two guys out there? Uh, Grizzlore. Yeah. Sorry, can you repeat their names? Oh, Grizzlore's the guy from season one, right? The one who blasted the yes, door at the yes, cannon? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Was he uh, the Cobalt. Uh-huh.
1: He was in the very first Cobalt. episode. He uh-huh. was the one who was training the uh, the horde squad. He ran them through the princess simulation room.
2: Oh that guy. Okay. For some reason I was thinking because oh it's a theory his name would be spelled with a K. I didn't realize it's that he's just Cobalt, not yeah. the word. Yeah, he's the big blue guy with the the glowy, yeah, he's kinda like a kinda like an orc but like a little bit more spiky. No, he's furry
1: okay. is the thing. Yeah,
2: I guess he is. Yeah, he's
1: covered in hair. He's like a... He's like a blue Sasquatch, is what he is. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so Shadow Weaver asks Hordak if he got what he wanted from his trip, but apparently it was a failure because he got there too late and the only thing there was worthless. Uh, Shadow Weaver does seem to key into something weird about Adora. The, The instant she sees this baby, her eyes go all wide, but she doesn't really say anything about it at first, and... Uh, Hordak says that she's to be taken to the infirmary with all the other orphans, which must be a (laughs) lovely place to work. (laughs) But she does say that this baby has power and isn't like the others, and so instead, Adora is given to Shadow Weaver instead of the nursery. And the, uh, the flashback ends as she promises this baby that they will do great things together. But back in the present, Shadow Weaver kind of smashes this sorcerer badge, and I guess it's full of magic goo. Uh, I don't know what that stuff is, but she uses it to conjure some sort of evil shadow. And when Catra returns to brainstorm ways to keep Shadow Weaver around, uh, she's gone, having left only a shadow illusion behind. Uh, this is finally when Catra realizes that she was being used again, and just has an absolute fit inside the cell, shouting to the heavens. And then we get one last little weird scene where Adora is like balancing on a window frame trying to use a rabbit ear antenna to connect to Bo's iPad to try and get a signal. They're all tired and it's super late at night, but Bo thinks... So he thought his pad thing was broken after uh, Aylwin, but now he's saying that he doesn't think it's broken after all. He's getting some sort of signal and it's so overwhelming that it's just stopping everything else from working. So since the moons are converging tonight, like they probably do every night, I'm just saying, um, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: they're trying to use these antenna to get a clarified version of the broadcast that's been messing up his machine, and Hedorah falls to her death trying to place an antenna correctly, so... Really? Yeah, the things we went through before digital cable. <laughs> but no...
2: Uh, yeah, no, no, for some reason this is reminding me all the times of having to try to like blow into NES cartridges to get the work even though apparently that's definitely not what you're huh. supposed to do. You definitely don't want to do that nor use the uh, the fluid to like clear the connectors because you're just fucking it up long term <laughs> actually. And, and yet somehow that's just the stuff that's spread around. Everybody knew that, st- that you're supposed to do that stuff even though you're definitely not supposed to because it fucks over the game long term. <laughs> But yeah, no. Somehow people just realized, like found that stuff out and it just spread around despite the internet not being a thing back then. I mean
1: the world was a different place back then. Rumors and hearsay oh, were well, yeah. everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Missing No and the Mew under the truck. It was it was a different world. Uh
2: missing <laughs> no. I remember when I fell for the whole play the songs in order and no time, you'll get the Triforce. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's like Link has the, technically has the Triforce the entire time, you just don't realize it until the very end, and you can't actually use it for anything besides for kind enough to try yeah. to heal it. <laughs> <laughs> at least you actually get to use the Triforce for something in Skyward Sword. You use it to drop a fucking item <laughs> on the guy. But yeah, you get, to do it. you get to use it for something at least. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: something. But yeah. I guess I should say, Adora doesn't actually fall to her death. Glimmer teleports down and saves her, but... She can only translate a part of this clarified message. She gets three words, Serenia, Portal, and Mara. They don't know what that means, but we leave on the note that if Mara is involved, it can't be good. Bum, 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 the end.
2: Gotta blame Mara for all their problems. <laughs> Which, I mean, technically, I guess true, but also, it, don't blame Mara for Elise, He was under a lot of pressure, just like Adora is. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Shadow Weaver sucks. Yeah, she <laughs> super does. I, I, it's a kind of still a hard decision, because I know this this is something we'll get to later on with the question, but it's like, I still kind of feel like Adalia edges her out, because Adalia was okay with genocide. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm... Like, Shadow Weaver, at least to, the, to this point that I've seen, is not just trying to destroy an entire planet of people. Well, that is kind maybe. of
1: her thing, though, isn't it? I mean, she joined the Horde to...
2: I guess, true, but, like, they're trying to take over the planet, not just eradicate everybody. They just happen to be fighting the princesses because the princesses are fighting back. That,
1: yeah, that's true. <laughs>
2: And like I mean, they're st- they're willing to like accept pe- the centers, because I mean like they already accept the Shadow Weaver back in the day and like they fully have taken on and trapped us. So it's like they don't have a problem with princess being in the Horde if they are usable or you know like uh, uh what's it called uh like if they can contribute, they're like yeah because like I mean like even the Scorpia was you know her family was like magical, and she was a princess, and she still joined the Horde design. That's
1: true, but th- her family gave yeah. them the runestone before Scorpio yeah, te- was part te- of it, so. Yeah.
2: Te- technically, because, like, yeah, they crash landed it in their home, and then they were like, hey, you look like you're good people. Want to see this? And I was like, oops. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> guess, we're, guess we're part of your group now. Yeah, I
1: don't know how... Like... I don't know how the Horde would react to an elemental princess wanting to join. So, mm-hmm. that, that's...
2: Yeah to, be, yeah, to be fair, I mean, Scorpion and Entrapta don't have, like, magic powers. Yeah, they
1: don't have connections to the runestones, and Entrapta does have a little magic, but it's just, like, frantile hair, so...
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I am remembering correctly, didn't she say that she actually doesn't, that her castle doesn't actually have a runestone? Yeah, stone? yeah, she
1: does not have a runestone, she's not connected to one, so...
2: Yeah, Yeah, and Scorpia's family had one, but they gave it to Wernak. Right. The
1: it It's a little weird, but the line essentially is that there are elemental princesses who are the ones who are connected to the rune stones, and then there's just regular princesses who are more powerful than sorcerers but not as powerful as elemental princesses and so entrapta is one of those she's a she's a non elemental princess, but Scorpia's situation is weirder since she should be an elemental princess, but isn't
2: <laughs> yeah. Now now I just want somebody to have a fucking Dragon Ball Scouter to tell me the power levels of the various princesses. Of <laughs> if like, if, if the if the unattuned princes, like in chapter are more powerful than Sorcerers, it's like, I want to see Entrapta's power level compared to Shadow Weaver, despite the fact that in chapter's power is, she's smart and has hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's... That's a very good question, and it's not one that we'll ever really go in depth into. <laughs>
2: nah, I, I do not. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the takeaway from that episode really is that Shadow Weaver sucks. I don't think like there's a lot more to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's not so much more for this episode. It's this was an important episode to have. Um, I. Mm-hmm. I know we needed Shadow Weaver to get that more manipulation in on Catra, especially with where Catra's arc is going to go from here. But it also kind of felt like they didn't have a whole story. Like, we already knew Shadow Weaver was Lightspinner. They already did that episode.
2: Yeah, like, if we didn't, if they didn't have, like, her present in the Mysticor episode and just mention, like, that there was a person named Lightspinner who, like... You know was kicked out of the sorcerers and then it's like oh i wonder who that is even though it would be totally obvious from the like maybe if they didn't even like name her and just said oh yeah that's the statue of the person we don't talk about because yeah. we kicked her out <laughs> fuck her and like don't say it and then it's like oh like maybe you get like a little glimpse of like it might have been shadow weaver or something and don't make it obvious and then waited until this episode to be like oh okay that makes sense that's who yeah. that is but eh. yeah yeah kinda of like how like, you know, they slightly set up the collector in part one of uh, season two of Arrow House, even though it's like you only yeah you know, like people knew about their name back when you saw the like, <laughs> even though they're not named in the episode until like four episodes later.
1: Yeah. It was a lot, yeah. but I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well speaking of a lot when I wanna get into uh family problems. Yeah, let's <laughs> Alright, uh, the season 2 finale in air quotes, as they also said on the Twitter, because really, season 3 is just season 2, part 2, uh, episode 7, Reunion, which opens up on Bright Moon, basically just like, kinda right where we left off, I guess, where Bose is filling around with his data pad, just wondering about what, like, the various words they saw in it might mean. Uh, but the pad then lights up red, and he just panics and runs off because he, like, notices that, like, Oh, is this, is that today? Like, I guess he gets, uh, like, his notifications on his pad being, like, Warning! shit, Shit's, shit's <laughs> coming or something like that, and he's like, Oh, fuck. And, uh, I guess it's, like, it, just, we just skip over the fact that, like, Glimmer knows he's gone because she just pops, like, teleports into Dora's room as she's sleeping and shakes her awake saying that Bo's in trouble. And they go into the Wizarding Woods following after both tracks, with Glimmer saying that he's gone, despite a note that he left behind saying he's fine, since Glimmer argues that if he was really fine, the note would say not to worry instead of I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I can kind of get where Glimmer's coming across here, but I also feel like she might be overreacting and thinking that this might be, like, I don't know, like a ransom note from the Horde or something <laughs> that took him, just being like, yeah, don't worry, yeah. I'm okay. I don't know. I feel like at this point the Rebellion would have, like, some, like, code word of, like, this is what I would actually say if I'm not captured (laughs) kind of deal. I don't know. As we established, like, just a few episodes ago, the the Rebellion does not actually plan shit. Because when they plan shit, they just always think of, like, all the ways Bo can die instead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Glimmer does also mention that Bo's really never brought up his past before, and that something's gotta be up because of... Now it's different. And they find his uh, quiver of arrows outside of a big building that they teleport into and see it's like something like a library. And while they're just there in the dark inside like the main entryway, they see Bo happen to walk in, wearing like a suit basically. <laughs> and he's just like desperately waving at them, trying to get them to be quiet. And Bo tries to hastily tell them to leave now. And as soon as he hears people approaching, he grabs uh the quiver and also Dora's sword away from them and like slides them under well it slides the quiver under like a table and hides the sword inside the like big urn which i feel like it's not definitely not the best hiding place for a (laughs) sword (laughs) kind of kind of obvious if you have to look in there that there's a sword there compared to at least trying to hide it under something or behind something but uh, the lights get turned on, and it's uh, Bo's dads, George and Lance, whose names I definitely did not really notice until I looked on the wiki, because I know they say them a few times in the episode, but I definitely didn't remember. <laughs> them. And uh, Bo claims that uh, Glimmer and Adora are his friends from the Academy. Uh, I don't know why in my next paragraph here it says I have over in the FX, that's, that's a TV channel, huh. not the Fright Zone, no, <laughs> that's not my abbreviation for Fright Zone at all. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't get confused by I almost say Friend Zone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, over in the Fright Zone, Catherine uh, tells her there are, like, various uh, group of, like, four people, which is, is really, like, the three soldiers he actually commands and, uh, Scorpia, that they need to beef up security, double their patrols, and bring, like, every port directly to her... But while she's saying that, she's started by what she sees as a shadow that she thinks is Shadow Weaver's silhouette, and she tries to c- claim to Lonnie when she like grills her about like saying that Shadow Weaver's cell is empty that she threw Shadow Weaver into solitary confinement instead of her clearly having escaped, and sends them all off when they question about it. And Scorpio's is like concerned because Catra's not really talking about the details. Yeah. Uh, but we get back over to Bo's family, where his dads are excited to meet Bo's friends, and they just casually mention that Bo apparently has 12 older brothers who are all historians like him, uh, that they claim. <laughs> and also like them. I, I, yeah, it's it. that's a pretty big fucking family <laughs> of like 15 people basically, and like there's no girls I guess, unless some of them transition I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of kind of weird to just have like four, 13 boys in a row I guess, in a sense, unless I guess like we don't ever get like Freddy. We probably don't get any like clarification if they like adopt them or anything, right? Uh,
1: no. Well, no, we don't. But also, if they were adopted, they were all adopted as children because, like, it's it's uh, only yeah. s- they have baby pictures, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> they mentioned that they have baby pictures. Yeah,
1: that and also, um, it's only semi canon, but th- like. Andy Stevenson has names the other members of the family, and they're all also weapons. They're like axe and sword and all that. So,
2: <laughs> if they were
1: adopted, then they that's, have to have been named yeah, by that, his that, parents.
2: That, fair, but also that that feels like that's probably just a joke. <laughs> that, yeah, probably in a sense. Yeah, of like. We, we happened to name 13 kids of ours that left the weapons and all of them but one ended up actually becoming historians <laughs> <laughs> rather than warriors. <laughs> That'd be pretty goofy. Uh, but yeah, uh, Bo's tried to excuse them to like go hang out somewhere else, but his uh, overeager dad Lance wants to get him a tour and, uh, to see their like, prized possessions of a damaged runestone that they apparently have a shard of. Which, uh, George is less than excited about the fact that they keep it because it just reminds him of the princesses and their war because he's also a centrist, much like uh, the guy whose name I'm forgetting, the tiefling looking dude from the previous episode that Shadow were killed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember that guy's name, he's dead, doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, Glimmer tries to argue that the Horde started this whole war and that the princes are defending Etheria, only to have him just fully just, on uh, the drop of a hat, tell his entire backstory <laughs> about how he actually enlisted in the first alliance, only to basically find out that his village was destroyed while he was gone, and that he never wanted his family to be involved in fighting again, because I guess. It's not said, but I feel like he's, like, trying to imply that he feels like if he was there, he could have, like, made a difference and stopped the village from being destroyed or something? Um, I don't know. sorry,
1: I just have to break in. I misremembered. Uh, Bo's brothers are not named after weapons. Uh, they are all named after the thing they do, and they rhyme. So the goth one is Woe, and the musical one is Oboe, and the painter is Van Gogh. Oh,
2: fucking and... God. <laughs> that That's both better and worse. <laughs> Sorry, just uh, had to correct that. Well, I can, I, yeah, no, I, I can see where you uh, thought of that because it's like, yeah, like if, you know, it's like, I mean, it, it, it's it's similar enough because it's thematic. It's just sort of that it's driving compared to thematic where they're this, all weapons. So I can, I can see where the... The stoner
1: the one goes. is just named Woe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like, well, we have decided to, that this kid will never be happy with his life. <laughs> despite the fact that apparently it turns out it's Bo, who is the one that's not happy instead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Lance tries to distract them all with baby pictures of Bo, and Bo at that point takes the opportunity to just, like, drag door and Glimmer to his room to escape, uh, that temporarily, and also to explain himself. Glimmer is just, like, kind of unjustifiably distraught about how she thought his past was dark and painful only you see that his family is nice, when it's, like, Glimmer, not everybody has to, like, fully give the details of, like, their upbringing, where they're from, really. Like, it's, that's kinda not something you're entitled to just cause you have any friends. <laughs> but uh <clears throat> Bo complains that he wanted to choose his own future, so he came up with the Academy lie while teaching himself archery and secrets to join the rebellion, and apparently he's just been having this lie go on for years. <laughs> I'm not sure why his dad's never wondered why he's never gotten a report card back home, unless Bo also forges report cards or something. <laughs>
1: I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. He's certainly enough of a tinkerer to come up with something. Yeah, I he guess. forged could forge a date stamp or yeah, whatever.
2: Be... Yeah, he, he's got the forgery kit, maybe. <laughs> I mean, oh, wait, no, no. He's an artificer, so he does have uh, the right tool for the job, so he can, like, basically make whatever tool he wants, and I think he always has, like, expertise in his lunch. You
1: know, we've been saying that, but I don't think it's quite true. I don't think he's an artificer. I think he's a. Uh... I think he's a fighter who just happens to have uh, tinker's tools proficiency.
2: Uh, that's true. Yeah. I mean, he he might just have like he might. I mean, he's a human, so he might have just taken like the Prodigy feat, so he just took tinker's tools as like the skill proficiency. Yeah, I think or he's like, just
1: an arcane archer, sort of like if I'm honest, because.
2: He, yeah, he that's definitely.
1: True. Like, yeah. he doesn't do artificer level stuff. You know, he tries sometimes, but yeah, he, he's just not.
2: Yeah, he acknowledges that he's not, and dropped us, the other fizzlers. <laughs> Bo just happens to have uh, higher than the average uh, intelligence and wisdom yeah, for exactly. a fighter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bo also says that he they can take this opportunity to scout out his dad's first one tech collection to try and learn some stuff about uh, Shira and Mara, because they're still trying to figure out that signal from last episode uh back over in uh fx the uh <laughs> the, fucking all right i was like trying to be like make a joke there being like the tv station or whatever but i'm like i have not had cable in like over a decade i do not know what children are affected <laughs> for <FX anymore. laughs> whoops uh yeah catra is busy uh scouring various forms And she doesn't really explain why she's just looking at paperwork i guess only to be interrupted by Scorpia, who basically just fully asks what she's really supposed to be looking for Because I guess Catra just told them to shore up their defenses and have more patrols Even though they're not like looking out for something in particular Because Catra doesn't want to spill the beans But when Catra just snaps at uh, Scorpia because it's like Yeah, I shouldn't have to tell you, I do your job kind of deal uh, Scorpia decides to just burrito her in a blanket to try to help comfort her <laughs> <It's> very sweet <laughs> Yeah but uh, in Catra's anger and desperation while being burritoed, she just shouts that Shadow Weaver escaped, and she has no idea what to do and how to find her, and that uh, shit is fucked. Squampia <laughs> uh, suggests that they just have Entrapta make a tracker to find Shadow Weaver, but they cannot do that because she would definitely blab about what it's for the Hordak, since she's just tight with him now at this point. So Scorpio says that the two of them will work together and find her, and now the word of this will be spread, at which point they, of course, don't look straight up and see that uh, the little uh, tape recorder that is Imp is just hanging out in the rafters <laughs> again. Because Imp just hangs out there all the time, apparently. Imp's now.
1: specific job is to be exactly where you don't want him to be, even though he has no way of knowing when that should be.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, like basically, like at this point, like, Uh, God, what was the, what was the other point where Imph like, heard overheard something that uh, they were talking about that? I think that that.
1: was when he found out that Entrapta was there.
2: Uh, Oh, okay, right. But like, I mean, he found out. So like, I would feel like with regard to, like, their whole situation, they would, like, if anything is going to be said, I get, to, obviously, Catra blurted this out in the moment of desperation, but it's like, if you're going to decide to say anything, you might want to, like, scour the entire fucking room you're in to make sure that nobody's there and <laughs> <to> over here <laughs> at this point, but, yeah, no, Catra doesn't learn Yeah. Anything. But yes, uh, the Best Friend Squad and Bo's dad go throughout their collection and disembarrass embarrass Bo with his, like, little make-believe pillow tent fork thing that he has underneath a table from his childhood, which for some reason is still there. <laughs> I guess, like, he, I guess it was just there when Bo, air quotes, went off to the academy and his dad didn't have the heart to tear it down over the years, I guess? this <laughs> is there still. Uh... Uh, the Dora asked them if they know anything about Shira, only for Lance did be pretty much fully wrong in everything about She Ra, saying that she had like a dragon and stuff, which Dora gets psyched about about it. there being a dragon, but she doesn't have a dragon yet, but everything else she's like, Oh well, <laughs> no. It's ra Shira, not Shira or whatever how he pronounced it. Hurrah. Yeah. Hurrah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they then showed them the Runestone Shard that just basically like fully in like a jar, like uh throws, more or less. <laughs> But they just want to know more about Adora's art and history and art history majors because Adora just keeps getting more majors tossed on as she keeps saying stupid shit <laughs> just <laughs> as part of their cover story and uh, also about uh, Glimmer's philosophy major because these are the, like, the cover stories that Bo was given them before they went back out to this room <laughs> uh, While Adora talks to Lance, uh, George confides in Glimmer that he's happy that Bo met her because he used to be like a pretty secluded kid beforehand so he's happy that he has friends now. Just, you know, nice and yeah. stuff. It is uh, interesting.
1: Yeah. They talk about how they kind of thought Bo made Glimmer up. Am I remembering wrong? I thought oh. at one point Angela thought Glimmer made Bo up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think I remember that distinctly too, where she's like, could have sworn that Bo was ma- make believe until she actually ran into Yeah, it <laughs> that's, that's. Like, huh, huh. <laughs>
1: They learned pretty early to stay away from their parents, huh?
2: Kinda, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, these these two episodes are just about a fa- bunch of family stuff with family not <laughs> being the best of times. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, uh Bo pipes in saying that they have a, like, first ones puzzle that they got at school about uh, Serenia, because they're just trying to get info photos, but anyway, they can, at least Bo can lie <laughs> decently enough, even if Glimmer and Adora can't. Uh So yeah, uh D- Bo's dad's basically just kicked fully into history mode to present them with a bunch of scrolls and books that are spread over, like, the first and second floors about, like, what information about Serenia they might have. And just, like, random
0: pieces and... of junk.
2: Hmm? <laughs> Yeah, they just have a bunch of shit that's like, eh, oh, this might be useful, because apparently they actually can't fully translate First One's language. Yeah,
1: that does seem like a weird oversight to me, because, like, as much stuff as they have that's only in First One's language, I don't know how they could even think to try and classify it.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, considering that Adora accidentally reveals that she can read First One's writing by saying this is about aqueduct, so this ain't right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess they're just like, well, this is First one stuff in general, so good here. <laughs> but yeah, she tries to cover it up by claiming that she has a 4th or 5th major, not sure about the count anymore, in linguistics as well, which is why she can read <laughs> First One's writing. in writing. Uh, they please refer to help them clear up some more uh, First One's info they have, and... Apparently just, like, hours later, Volador is just, like, off with them. Bo and Glimmer just, like, it look, still looking through, like, the pile of books and scrolls and stuff in the room. And they're just fully tired of research, and Glimmer finally snaps about how Bo's basically just been hiding his entire life from her. But he tells her that he knows- that she knows the, the real him, because this historian stuff is just forced upon him and it's not who he really is. And just goes into, like, a long explanation about how he pretends to be the same as his family. And the entire time that Bo is having this whole conversation, I'm just nodding along with all the transers of yeah. this conversation. Just, yep. About how, like, the fake life Bo ran away from makes him miserable, as it, Glimmer fully puts it. It's like, this is this is killing you, basically, guy. Like, yep, 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 yep. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of trans stuff trend. in this
1: show, but this is the most trans this show has been.
2: This, this, yeah, this is the most overt, like, parallel, basically, of, like, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, relatable. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, I guess finally after they like have a door, look at other stuff. Uh, George and Lance bring her to ponder their orb that was just found in the same ruin as the Runestone Shard, which is like I say, orb. It's it's a big fucking rock of some sort that's just like towers <laughs> over them. And Adora, like, looked at it and just, like, activates it with the usual Eternia password because apparently nobody in the first one's uh, whole, like, race Bobber to actually have different passwords. They just use the same generic <laughs> password for everything rather than actually be creative. They need to put, like, letters and... You know, they, they, they need to put, like, numbers and some characters in there to I, make it harder. But no, they just use Eternia I for everything. I don't want to say
1: too much uh, because it is a spoiler eventually, but, like... We will learn that Eternia is the worst possible password you could have.
2: Oh, cool! Great. <laughs> it's like this is you. This is this is them basically just having password. Their their password would be password, but it's got. Honestly, password. yes, that's it's exactly what harder. it is. <laughs> Great. But yeah, this causes the the big orb to open up, and it's just a big robot bug <laughs> instead. It's just been like curled up inside, and it starts chasing them. And Adora, like, uh, as they just like run over to, like, Bo and Glimmer, chasing, being chased by this thing, Adora cut me it as an elemental. And despite Bo's warning, she just pulls her sword out of the, the vase or whatever and turns out, tur- like, turns into She out to fight it. And of course, just immediately startling Bo's dads, because it's like, what? Okay. I-, I forget what Bo fully says, but I think he says that she also has, like, a six major yeah. in She or mm-hmm. <laughs> something like that. It's just dumb. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Adore just kind of, like, stands there and just lets the bugs eat her into the building inside. <laughs> so I don't know why she doesn't just f- try to fight it there. She just stands there and just gets <laughs> tossed. So, yeah, Glimmer jumps onto its back, with is teleport and starts blasting away for little infected sparkles like usual. And as the fight just continues on with the three of them, like, Lance, uh, uh, George, and Beau are, like, hiding behind, like, the same table. And they're just, like, grilling Beau, trying to get him to explain what's going on with all these princesses. And he promised to explain later when they mention that the shard might have something to do with it And Bo gets an idea, like, okay, gotta get the shard, obviously And, yeah, and Bo also just briefly explained that Elementals basically are only around to protect something So it's like, okay, obviously, gotta give it the shard, it'll go away then Yes, uh, Glimmer saves Bo's dads from being steamrolled over by the big bug robot As Bo retrieves his bow and arrows to join the fight And he just uses, like like a little like grapple arrow thing to grab the shard from a distance and just present it to the elemental who just happily takes it and just reseals itself doesn't put itself back in the position of where it was it just rolls off right there on the floor in front yeah of it's very funny that they have to re-roll it back over to where it was
1: so I know that this was like a, a bow feature episode so it, he had to solve mm-hmm. the problem but also like it really really felt like the others were not firing on all cylinders today
2: no, because again, like, I mean, Glimmer has fucked over people with her Eldritch Blast before. She's just doing nothing to this thing, because I guess it's just too heavily armored or something. But again, like, Adora does just stand there once she, she rod up and just waits for this thing to dock her into the ceiling. She doesn't fight it really. Yeah, and then
1: later on in the fight, she... <laughs> she's up on a balcony and has the perfect opportunity to do a link down smash on this thing and instead she captain america's Mm -hmm. her shield at it
2: yeah yeah no you got you gotta definitely uh downward meteor spike it into the ground that's just like you you gotta you gotta pick she's gotta pick toon link and take that risk of killing herself off the stage to meteor spike a person down you just gotta go for it yeah it's it's
1: it's just that thing where characters lose competency based on the episode in order to let other mm-hmm. characters shine, and it feels yeah. really weird in this one. Yeah. It, it would much. be less weird to me if they were outside, but because they are in this house and there is so much property damage happening, it's. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, also that, yes. The fact that Glimmer and Adora are doing jack shit to this thing It's just like, the only thing they're actually accomplishing here is getting more of the library mm-hmm, fucked mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep.
1: I can't believe you got the. Yes.
2: Episode uh, this time. <laughs> <laughs> we made a deal. Yeah. For once. I, for once. Yes. I got the library episode. Uh, it just happened. We just had to go through an entire other show before I could get to a library episode. <laughs> but yes. Uh, with the fight over, Bo then explains that the academy is a lie and that he's been in the rebellion because he never wanted to be a historian. You know, just explaining stuff to his dad's and. It's one that George just walks over and hugs him, saying that the only thing that makes him sad is that Bo felt like he had to lie and Bo does say that he explained to them before, but they thought that for some reason they were being supportive of him all this time, even though you weren't listening to her son, so not really. <laughs> and they but they do affirm that they do support him regardless, and it's like, Okay, yeah, if this is what makes you happy, that's what makes you happy. Uh, later on, uh, Bo shows them the trackpad uh, to see if they have any input, and they see a pattern in it that they then pop out their, like, star map projector to show that the thing that they've been seeing on the trackpad is just the stars that used to be there before Bara lost control and popped them into the fucking... Despondos. Yeah, the Despondos. I was about to say, like, the null dimension (laughs) because I forgot the name of it. (laughs) not 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 incorrect it is a void of like nothing else besides just this one planet pretty much so and no stars so it's like it's close enough yeah and uh certainly it turns out to be a constellation that only ever shows up over the crimson waste during the summer that uh basically the kids are like well we gotta go there obviously but georgia knight's like that's that's a fucking death zone you can't go there please don't (laughs) go there but they don't really finish that conversation Uh, but we basically end the episode with Catra being brought before Hordak to touch base, as she put it once before a few episodes ago, and he grills her on if Shadow Weaver is on her way to Beast Island, and she fully lies, saying that she she is, but at that very same point, it pops in to immediately play back her voice, and for some reason I wrote and not Hordak, here are my notes I don't know what I was doing But Hordak traps her in the Zero Oxen Zone thing again And says that he gave her a chance to come clean And she failed, and she immediately passes out But we Actually finished the episode off With Fedora back asleep, just like she was At the beginning of the episode, with Shadow. We were just Looming over her, because We had to basically be like, this is the season finale So we had to end on the cliffhanger Even though it's really not nice <laughs> finale.
1: Yeah Yeah <laughs>
2: yep very trans episode
1: extremely so to the point where i really don't have anything to add it's just super trans yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah uh george and lance are good uh outside of uh natasha and cast Spella, i'm fairly sure they're the first gay couple confirmed in the show so that's nice
2: yeah, because, like, I mean, like, we haven't really seen Natasha and Casabella Kestis- much. Or, not Casabella. Not uh, Kestis- uh, uh, Natasa and... Natasa and... Spinnerella. yeah. Yeah, they haven't been in the show enough to really establish it. But I feel like, based on the little bit they have been, it is pretty obvious that they're gay. Oh, yeah. But it's like, yeah, no, like... I mean, they're definitely... Yeah, but, like, this,
1: uh, this... They are absolutely a, considered to be a confirmed partnership, as per this point in the show. That just, like, mm-hmm. this is the first... Yeah.
2: Yeah, th- this is the most, like, explicit, because, like, I mean, Bowie first demands it's dad's, so, like, uh, I forget which one of them kisses, like, the other on the hand. to like, help. I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's Lance who kisses George on the hand after he's done, like, telling his, like, tragic <laughs> backstory stuff, I think. That sounds about right. Yeah, like, pr- pretty much, like, they can't, like, god i would love to see like how they would like try to show this episode in like uh taiwan like the uh dress up and travel together <laughs> equivalent of being girlfriends and owl house
1: these are my two uncles who live together
2: yeah and and like look does some families just kiss each other on the hand it's totally normal
1: <laughs> but yeah um Good stuff. Uh, I feel like today's episodes were really a step up from what we've been getting lately, so that that was nice.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I said as much in the tweet about the episodes, but it's like, yeah, like these are like the, the clearly the two best episodes of season two, because <laughs> like most of season two has kind of just been a bit of a dud. Until this <laughs> um. Yeah.
1: So, I guess it's probably time to get into our uh, our, our '80s look back segment so i'm gonna go ahead i know i've talked about shadow weaver before but here's an image of 80s light spinner dropped in the chat um That's that is just, just a lady <laughs> wearing a princess hat you are correct <laughs>
2: she, she's like the if i remember correctly she's like the first character that you show me that is not that does not have boob armor like he still clearly has like the silhouette of boobs like yeah. the '80s were but she doesn't have full-on boob like every other character yeah I mean, that's so. her
1: shadow weaver form when she transforms into
2: it yeah they, that all that happens is that her hands turn green she has a shadowy face and her hat goes from like pointy wizard to the clearly better like black mage floppy yeah. hat yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she has a she has more of a vv hat go on rather than a like normal like pointy <laughs> wizard hat yes Although I guess Vivi's head also goes uh, straight up whenever he goes into trance mode for double black magic. <laughs> but that's, that's not the norm. Vivi, for the most part, always has a floppy hat.
1: Um, Shadow Weaver, her story is pretty much exactly the same. Uh, she was an apprentice sorceress from the Kingdom of Mysticore. Uh, we didn't get her name as Lightweaver back in the day. She was just not Shadow Weaver oh, yet, better. so that's different. <laughs>
2: You just mean light spinner. Oh, yes, my mistake.
1: Yeah, yeah, she wasn't called that at the time. Uh, That, I think that got added by a toy. It's been a while, (laughs) but either way, uh, Hordak promised her power in exchange for information and she just did that she did not put up this front about (laughs) about the horde so she gave him the information about where Mysticor was and he gave her a power gem which transformed her into the horrible shadow weaver i don't know what transformation took place she looks pretty much exactly the same but whatever
2: uh yeah i guess he does also have like more of a like tattered like sleeve stuff and also like I mean, again, just looking from these two pictures, she definitely looks like she kind of goes up the cup size. when yeah, you I guess form. that's fair.
0: <laughs> hmm. What it's, I train It's, uh, it's the same explanation that
2: the
1: secret they... wizard hideout is for a boob job.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, oh, man, it's like the same thing that happened to Lightning between Final Fantasy xiii and XIII-3. <laughs> just have to become like a godlike person that has to fuck to fix the, the fucked up world in exchange for having a huh. job apparently
1: uh this is uh norwin
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is that is that is just double Door. That, that is, is just, just an old man
1: <laughs> um you know powerful wizard who taught just to spell it and shadow weaver their magics um Shadow Weaver betrayed him, blah blah blah, his council was destroyed, he destroyed her power gem, and then he went into hiding for years, and lived in the forest. And that's pretty much it. That's his whole deal.
2: Well... I- well, hey, at least the original uh, guy whose name I'm already forgetting again, uh, at least he didn't. Yeah, die, no, he did right? not get mega murdered.
1: So there's <laughs> that
2: at least. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah, but he's, he's also a boring human instead of a cool tiefling, man. And
1: since we had him in the episode today, I think today is when I'm going to talk about King Micah a little bit. So I have two shots of him here. This is from a flashback issue image where you'll see him with Glimmer and uh, Angela. Uh, Micah was not dead in the original series. But he also was not there very much. Because the thing is, is he kept getting captured by different people. Sometimes he was captured by the <laughs> Horde. Sometimes he was captured by Hunga of the Harpies. It, like, the man could not go 15 minutes without getting caught. So... <laughs> he, uh... He does eventually get free and join the rebellion, but... He very much serves in that role of um the damsel in distress who gets got every episode and they have to say it's that but reverse
2: yeah also i definitely had forgotten what 80s glimmer and 80s uh Angel- angela angela looks like even though we just saw 80s glimmer last week with uh the, the uh, glimmer <laughs> the, uh, the uh the 80s references and bows like uh, hypothetical situation. <laughs> Definitely yeah. forgot, though, already. There
1: is a little more about King Micah, but I don't want to get into it because spoiler stuff, so don't look him up. <laughs> there. there. That's, uh, that's, that's pretty much my segment for this week. I, I, I,
2: had, I, had, I, I had to be a little bit uh, sneaky with trying to get his voice actor as a result because I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't look at his uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia page to be safe. Uh. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, actual Wikipedia just has all the voice actors listed, so I was able to find young oh, Micah. Oh, Excellent. <laughs> yep. Uh, if there's nothing else, I guess I can get into that, because yeah, I actually do have it. trivia, because it's really... Because, like, surprisingly, we had characters. Uh, Micah's voice actor is Taylor Gray, or young Micah, at least in this case, who's basically best known as uh, Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels, and a show i've never heard of he apparently was bucket in bucket and skinner's epic adventures which i learned about yesterday when i watched the episodes and wrote down that's a uh, uh, big question for is. me <laughs> yep d- d- listed those two and i'm like i know star wars rebels yeah i've heard of it even though i haven't seen it i definitely know what the fuck bucket and skinner's epic adventures but it oh, wasn't that, my so, sure. oh my goodness
1: oh my Oh no! <laughs> oh, uh, am I gonna
2: be not happy with what I'm? Gonna it's a uh,
1: it's a live action show. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's uh, I... one of those
1: Nickelodeon live action sitcoms.
2: Oh yep yep that is that is fully a like Nickelodeon two guys.
0: Yeah, be, uh, it sure is.
2: <laughs> oh man. The very first episode is called Epic Elections, so great. <laughs> to be fair, this was a 2011 show, so before the other presidential election in 2016, at least. Anyway, okay, Uh Yeah. George's VA is Chris Jay alex That's fucking Why would you show me this picture of a human lady's head on a chicken? That is that not show, a really. human lady.
1: That is Skinner, one of the lead boys.
2: <laughs> oh. Uh, the picture is small enough and low quality, I guess I can tell. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Now that I actually look at it in my browser, it makes more sense compared to my other mod. Whatever. But like I said, George's VA is Chris Jai Alex, who basically, he voices like a bunch of various like side characters that really don't matter in Steven Universe. Like he voices Lonely Blade, who's like a video game character. He's the voice of L- the car- the dad of Little Butler in an episode where Amethyst and Steven's dad Greg are watching reruns of Little Butler. Just an <laughs> show, and he's also the voice of dog copter the few times dog copter actually talks which i don't remember much <laughs> there's like various little jokes about dog copter and the various like dog copter spin-offs i don't remember dog copter talking though but he's also uh coach Koch, i don't know to pronounce his name uh, he's a character in final fantasy 7 remake apparently he is Kaiwei. i think is how you pronounce the guy's name for pokemon sun and moon but he's he's kaiway in pokemon masters not the anime He's a different guy in the oh, anime Oh, um, Kiawe, and... I believe Kiawe, yeah, Hawaiian, yeah. I, I never actually heard that said So I was like, oh god, I wrote it down And then I had to try to pronounce it just now And I did <laughs> not know, <laughs> apologies And he's also Fis- Fisher Ness In all the uh, Bubble Suit Gundam Thunderbolt And all the various, like, Gundam Thunderbolt movies And other spin <laughs> stuff. I just happened to see that And it's like, okay, I know I know Gundam I've never seen Gundam Thunderbolt, but sure I'm in <laughs> And uh Lance's voice actor is Reggie Davis, who is the voice of Goko in Shin Megami Tensei Five, which is basically the biggest role for him I could find, because he has a lot of like bit parts in various role like shows. Like he's like a bunch of different guards in the rest of development and he's like a doctor in two episodes of Grey's Anatomy. He doesn't really have like a whole lot of like big roles. I just happen to notice that it's like, oh okay, he's a character in SMT five. Sure. <laughs> I did not play that game because I really did not. I see like SMT4 on the 3DS. So, but also I just I'm not as into those like older like style like Persona games. Even though I'm like, yeah, it would be a lot to try to get me to play Persona 6. Considering that Persona 3 and 5 have been 3 and 5 have been pretty queerphobic. And Fun, I <laughs> love that. Yeah, uh, I mean, hey, I mean they're they've been getting better at least. Like it's it's less bad. Cause I mean like in Persona 3 it was straight up A joke about the boy characters being Scared of a trans person uh, In 5 at least it's like It's just like Ryuji Just like talking about like how he's not into guys But it's like it's 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 not handled As great especially when Ryuji is supposed to be The broke character for the most part it's it's way worse than four when the bro character Yosuke like fully thinks that the other party member Kanji is gonna do stuff to him in his sleep because he's like Kanji might be by and it's like God damn it Yosuke shut the fuck up this is why nobody puts you in the party besides the fact that you actually are like the worst character in the game oh, having battle oh, that's bad <laughs> yeah yep. I believe that people have put out mods for Persona 4 Golden on Steam to remove that stuff entirely though, so at least there's that. (laughs) I've seen people at least talking about how they want to do mods like that for Persona 5 when it hits Steam later this year. So at least there's that. It's also just those games are (laughs) fucking long. (laughs) I say as I'm like 50 something hours in Xenoblade 3 and I'm only in like chapter 4. To be fair I think I heard there's only seven chapters but each of those chapters are fucking long and there's so many side stuff to do <laughs> there's so many optional characters that you can get join the group that are just behind side quests that you might not see if you don't go yeah. explore so there's there's a lot <laughs> I'm still fucking amazed that nine days after the game released my friend JP was like yeah I beat the game at like 94 hours I was like how the fuck did you do that already it's been nine days he's like yeah well it was easy I played the game it's like I've been playing the game too <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> I don't know. I'll be playing that game still for like another like three months before I finish it, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all I really had. There wasn't much other trivia besides new characters, because the show, again, it's not really one for like trivia besides 80s reference stuff.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we, um... I think we're ready to move to questions. How do you feel? (laughs) Sounds yeah. good. Um, if you have questions for us, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter or usweirdoscast at gmail.com. Uh, this week we have a few questions, actually, from M. Healy, at of Healy on Twitter. Uh, who's the worst fictional mom?
2: Like, like I said earlier, I still think Odalia takes it because it's like, I, I really can't think of, like, a lot of, like, worse moms in fiction than Odalia, but also, like, I mean, to be fair, Odalia is like, whatever recent, like really shitty mom. <laughs> but it's like, it's it's kind of hard to like, you know, think of one that's like, yeah, I was willing to like sell out the an entire dimensions worth of people to be nobility of the ashes.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's very um. It's hard to find a comparison point, I guess. Because I feel like there are definitely moms that are more specifically abusive than Odalia is, but at the same time, that condemnation of stopping genocide is kind of a problem.
2: (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, there was a reason why there was, like, a bunch of memes about how, like, Odalia, like, the whole, like, I think it's from, like, uh, community, I think, where it's, like, I can excuse, uh like genocide but i draw the line on homophobia and it's like you draw you can excuse genocide <laughs> like about odalia and it's like yeah i mean i mean hey uh how much have you heard about steve universe because there's a really bad mom in that show she she might be worse than odalia but i also can't say if we want I can cover steve universe at some point <laughs> i would not be
1: surprised R- really i think we'll probably cover every yeah. cartoon if this show goes long enough
2: probably i mean there's a lot but I, I mean that's one of them that we talked about like yeah that'd be interesting to go back to because like it's already been two and a half years since universe ended and it's like yeah it's been a long time it's been a while yeah. since already like that show basically ended like right as soon as the pandemic was starting basically or at least once like people were starting to actually consider the pandemic being a thing because <laughs> i was like i think that was like yeah like right around like the same time with animal crossing release that was like a mid or late march that it ended
1: I, uh, I suppose I'll have to take your word for that one. Um. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, I, the mom I'm thinking of in that show that anybody that's listening, that's watching me, the worst that that uh, exactly what I'm talking about. And, yeah, she's bad. <laughs> she is real.
1: Following along the same lines, uh, M also asks, "Why do bad fictional moms get less attention than bad fictional dads?" and uh i don't know i i i cannot off the top of my head think of a bad fictional dad but also i have been asked a question which means i've forgotten everything i ever knew
2: (laughs) yeah i i kind of feel like maybe part of that is because of like the old holdover of like gender roles where it's like dads are supposed to be like the, the tough emotionless person that doesn't actually do as much and therefore the mom has to make up for that stuff and so it's like it's more obvious if it's like the mom is messing up compared to the dad because it's like oh well dads are supposed to be like that compared to if the mom is supposed to be like the one that's making up the difference and still messes <laughs> up or something yeah that makes sense i mean that's that that, that's basically just what I can think of off the top of my head with that, because it's like, again, like, I mean, I can think of, like, some bad fictional dads. I mean, like, Tywin Lannister is a pretty shitty dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, what character in Game of Thrones is a good person? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like...
1: The thing is... And you're not going yeah, to believe I'm going to say this like, again, but...
2: There, there's, like, one good... Yeah, yeah, there's, like, one actual legitimately good game, game of Thrones character that's not an asshole, and it's Sam. <laughs> like, Sam Sam Tarly is, like, the only good pure person on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Even Jon Snow is kind of a fucker at times. Yeah,
1: I was going to... Yeah, you're not like... going to believe this, but uh, that is another thing I have no uh, knowledge of or connection to, so... <laughs> that's uh once again you have stifled me
2: (laughs) well i mean yeah i mean to be fair game of thrones ain't for everybody especially with the way it ended but it's like yeah i i I mean i could definitely see it be like yeah like you watch like the first few episodes it's like there's too many characters and there's like way too much like sex stuff already going on not at all being consensual and stuff like it's just not good but like yeah like i mean Aside from, like, you know, the various problems that show got into way later on, and, like, continues to to this day, with them trying to be like, we need to actually, like, we need to actually show, like, the sexual abuse, because that's what it was in the times, and that's like, my guy, you are not making a show on actual Earth and actual Earth's past, you are making a fictitious world with dragons and shit, you can do whatever the fuck you want, you don't have (laughs) to do this, you're doing it because that's what you know, and, yeah. I don't know. I don't think anybody gives a shit about that spin-off or the other spin-off at some point or the other other spin-off at some point
1: i read the first two books they took like and they they were the most boring books i had ever read in my entire life and that's they
2: they are a bit of a slog yeah i mean I, i i when was the last time we were playing those books i read like the first three back when i was in like high school i wanted to say and like i read like either ones over the years since, because it's also been an agent since, like, they released 4 <laughs> and 5, but it's like I mean, it's like, book 5 released in like 2008? 2010? Something like that? It's been a long time. Like, it released, like, I think, like, a year or two before the show began, <laughs> and it's like yeah, y- you're never getting uh, The Winds of Winter nor A Dream of Spring at this rate. <laughs> Those books ain't releasing, because George D- D- Martin wants to do nothing else besides help write, like, the lore for Elden Ring. Right. <laughs>
1: i'm never going to complain about that those books were not good
0: (laughs) but
2: i mean yeah to be fair again like i liked them at the time they are also a slog because it's like there's a lot of chapters where it's like yeah stuff is happening and they're setting up stuff but a lot of it is just really like politics and stuff and it's like
1: not just that i mean political thrillers can be fun right it's very wordy there's a reason it's one of the best-selling genres out there it's just yeah. Not well done and dragged out way, way, way longer than it needs to be. You could tell the same story with yeah, a third exactly. the amount of pages and it would be a lot more interesting because it would be tight and compact. As opposed to
2: yeah. let's Kinda like what kinda like what kinda like what the show was at the beginning, and then they were like, We have no idea how to end this show even though we have the notes of how this is supposed to end. And oh god, and then they fucked it up the last two seasons. <laughs>
1: Yes, well, to be fair, yeah. this is I wrote an entirely fictional novel and claimed it was a true story my grandpa told me, David Benioff <laughs>
2: <laughs> And therefore, we have to do an original uh, prologue or a prequel that definitely still has all the sexual violence when it's like, you know a, a better world that's possible you don't have to
1: <laughs> Oh, I mean, that, that that's a totally separate thing, but yeah David Benioff is—he was a novel writer first, and he annoyed me doing it. And him being on the show did not mm-hmm. make me any more interested. Is what I will say.
2: Oh, okay. I, I did. I didn't. I didn't realize he wrote novels before running the show. It's like... Yeah, was...
1: the one that sticks out to me is this like historical fiction novel, which is presented as a true story that his grandpa literally told him about his childhood during the Russian Revolution or no sorry not the Russian Revolution the uh, the siege of Leningrad during World War two and uh, it's a solid historical novel it's a little wild but it's plausible you know it, it's a thing that could potentially happen mm-hmm. and nowhere in that book at any point does it reference the fact that it's totally fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Spend. there's even like a postscript with him talking to his grandma about his grandpa's story and if she has any insight they... <laughs> it's so weird uh, but anyway, anyway. <laughs> um we have more questions so uh from aurora borealis at casey cosmos on twitter uh who is the only cis character in she <laughs> I'm pretty sure we said it was Swiftwind, uh... but also Swiftwind is definitely trans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe, Maybe
1: imp. imp. Maybe <laughs> imp is a baby, so. It...
2: Well, I mean, to, to be to be, to be fair, do we know imp's pronouns? Imp could be them. Uh, imp is we'll he/him,
1: but imp is also a baby, so he's got plenty of years to change his mind. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Also, I'm not seeing these questions, so I, 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 oh, I think it's because uh, of Aurora's, like current like Twitter status or whatever, where I can't see them in the Twitter account because I don't follow her on Twitter, on or on the ah, podcast yes, I or whatever.
1: See. That makes sense. Um sis hmm, character and Shira. That's. I don't. I got nothing. Ma- it-
2: it- what what about the lizard that Adora brought uh, gave to? Well, we never see that lizard
1: again, so we don't know. But we have to assume exactly. So, well, I
2: guess we, I guess, I guess we can't make it something about the lizard, but also the lizard isn't a character, so
1: maybe <laughs> Angela, maybe. I don't know. It's there's not enough information here. <laughs>
2: yeah, because it's like. I mean, we don't really spend any amount of time with any of the characters besides like the main cast as a thing. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of hard to like get a gist of like what a person's deal might be if they're not even around and so much. Is maybe Rege- maybe Regelio because Regelio doesn't have any speaking lines, so we can't actually That's learn true. anything about him. <laughs> um,
1: I will say that there is definitely at least one cis character in Shira later in the series, like season five. But I can't say who that is because it's season five. (laughs) So (laughs) there's one I can promise you that much. (laughs) They got a they got a token. (laughs) Um.
2: Well, you'll have to remember this question in the future, so we can bring up that character
1: (laughs) when we get there. Uh, Aurora also asks: uh, By the end of this season, how many lives does Ketra have left?
2: But, like, she hasn't, like, gotten thrown off a bridge as much as, like, Kyle or even Scorpia have yet, or even Adora herself. Like, she's definitely lost one here, because, like, she's in the, the no-oxygen zone. So, uh, probably probably if I had the ballpark, it, like, she'll lose, like, four or five in the course of the show. Well,
1: um, so, so according to N.D. Stevenson, there is a specific list of catra's deaths that she has nine lives and you can't take that necessarily seriously because i mean like we're never gonna see whoa the stoner brother in the show you know what i mean (laughs) but um yes
2: we're we're never gonna see catra be visited by the Grim Reaper, being like yep that's one (laughs) yeah
1: so as per that list at this point in the show catra has lost three lives uh by being spidered during the uh, um, um, the Crystal Palace episode. I don't remember what that place is called. The one where she and Adora were trapped in there. And oh, uh, right. by being suffocated to death by Hordak. Uh, you know the one. And also, apparently, she just burned a life for extra drama during Princess Prom. <laughs> I think the idea is that when she jumped off the building and landed on the spaceship down below, that's
2: she, bur- she, she somehow reached beyond terminal loss and just burned up before yeah. she hit it. Her corpse hit it, hit it when the door couldn't see, it and she's like, it "got back up immediately and be after He's like, "God damn it! Well, it's worth it." Yeah. So uh,
1: as of right now, I guess she's got six lives left. Uh, but.
2: Well, she'll definitely lose most of those if uh, she and the door ever have a kid.
1: I'm looking at the list, and Which you're I, not going to see know, these coming.
2: I, I know the. <laughs> Does she lose all of them in the rest of the show, according to ND? Uh,
1: kind of. It, it's. <laughs> like, there are nine listed, but. it's That's a little. I can't talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's at least one that is not a fatal death, so I don't know if it should count. It's kind of like this princess prom issue.
0: Okay. But yeah,
1: um, that, that's all our questions for today, so thank you so much to everybody who sent them in. Uh, do you want to hit transformation count?
2: I mean, it's, it's, it's not increased this week. We get we get the the br- the brief version of the transformation at least but yeah we don't get a full one so it's not it's yep. not changed. <laughs> yep, yep. They
1: really had a run going there but uh, I guess we're back to the badlands.
2: They did, yeah. Well, I mean Adora was basically really not even in episode 6 yeah, to be true. fair, so she was th- she was there to try to get a better cable signal <laughs> and like not anything else and then like in the other one it's like well we got we got the shorter version so at least that's something but it's not the full one so it count <laughs> well, it's more than i was expecting considering the the heaviness of that episode for us to even get like the like the five yeah for sure of it.
1: Uh, i get why they did it. it it makes sense to me that you wouldn't want to have an episode without any of the main characters but catra but also it it was strange Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think we should probably take it into the ending then. Um, if you like what we've done today on the show, uh, you can find me at patch underscore jacket on Twitter, where I retweet mostly unfortunate news, but also sometimes cats. Uh, you can also find me uh, at nobody on co host, because I've finally been co hosted two months later. <laughs> so,
2: I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, I haven't done much there, because it turns out when you have to actually make your own posts and not just retweet, I'm bad at it, but there you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. I, uh, as always, am at Chaos. Uh, I mean, my my post the last, like, couple of weeks has mostly just been, like, Xenoblade stuff, <laughs> and, I mean, it as of like next week and the weeks leading after that it'll mostly be talking about mood stuff <laughs> and probably probably also splatoon stuff <laughs> once uh that demo releases later this month and then once the game releases like two weeks later
1: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a busy week huh
2: yep yeah it's a, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite a trip <laughs> Because it's like, I mean, that first week is going to be me not being able to get away from my mom for like the first week of it. And also not being able to really get away anyway. Because (laughs) So it's going to basically be me like sitting on the couch. (laughs) I guess playing more Xenoblade or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to to get through that week, I guess, in a sense. And uh, I mean, past that, it's like, well, uh, now it's basically still just like two more weeks of more or less sitting around waiting for me to not have to wear a bra all the fucking time because mm-hmm. that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting experience having to uh, wear a bra to bed for three weeks in a row yeah especially with the first one especially because like i mean the only time i'm gonna really be able to have it off is to shower after the first week <laughs> and brought back on.
1: <laughs> that's uh i'm sure that will be an adventure i guess
0: <laughs> but
2: yep I mean, I know some people do wear bras to bed, it's just I've never done it before and let alone wearing a like sports bra to bed. Well,
0: I
1: guess. I don't know. That's listen, maybe this is too much about my personal routines, but I've talked about everything else on this show. I don't care. I don't really <laughs> wear a bra at all unless I'm leaving the house for some reason. <laughs> so
2: I mean fair. I mean, like, on on the weekends, it's like, I mean, I'll mostly still be in my pajamas for the most part anyway, just on a given day. And it's like, yeah, my roommates don't blink an eye when I'm like, I don't want to fucking throw on the bra when I'm just around the home.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's.
2: But it's like, yeah, no, I I mean, I I feel like that will change. (laughs) But, I mean, turns out when there's, like, more boob, things might change with that. But, yeah, (laughs) who knows?
1: Alrighty. Well, I'm sure we'll have more of, uh,. More of that to talk about on the next episode, but I think for now there's probably yep. uh, not much left to say. But uh, remember, us weirdos, weirdos have to, have stick, to together. stick together.
0: Bye. Bye. Oops. <laughs>